This is Perfectly Perfect, uh, the uh, podcast in which no one talks over each other. Welcome to... uh Perfectly perfect. Mm-hmm. The yeah. ASMR podcast where we deal with ASMR uh, cartoons. <laughs> and this week's ASMR cartoon, we're going to be previewing Jim and the Holograms' unfettered sexual dynamics <laughs> when it comes time for them to <laughs> cut loose on the island of Riot. <laughs> the, isle- the island of Riot is my- one of my favorite ideas <laughs> uh yes we have adam sweaty and his sweaty balls i appreciate your commitment to the bit michael what do you think about all of this we're perfectly perfect what the fuck are we listening to if we're doing the npr bit can i be like the drug duck the drugged up nephew that they brought on because he's so interesting for an interview so what's Mike going to do? Is that a thing? Mike's watching. <laughs> Mike should be watching the episode right now. Well, well, I think what David was insinuating was that's Mike's job. Oh, yeah. yeah duh. So for those of you that are playing at home, um, we we did say that Mike was going to be summarizing Silverhawks. Mm. Um, Mike has realized that that time commitment is not worthwhile to him, I guess. I think... I think his exact words were "fuck off, bitches." Yeah, Probably. that was the last. Text I, I, I think got. my exact words were "ain't nobody got time for this shit." <laughs> so what we're coming to to find out is we need to have some sort of mechanism in place in order to ensure that we can continue with the podcast even when somebody is unable to do the summary. I thought um, it was that we needed to have a mechanism that would punish Mike when we were angry. Uh, I think it was more to to punish somebody when they decided not to summarize. Yeah, that's what I said. Um. I, I think it's to punish people for their weaknesses, which is people who have weaknesses to summarizing things that they're not a you know that they haven't watched or you know paid attention to, or weaknesses to rum. Well, I would like to say that I have a really strong affinity to rum. At any rate, we, we wanted to put this mechanism into place. By my slurring. So ultimately what's going to wind up happening, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, or correct me if you don't want to do this, we will, continue, we will continue the random dice roll at the end of each episode, and whenever it lands on Mike, whoever wants to do that episode can step up and take it on, and Mike can, if in, a, in an event of a tiebreaker, Mike can decide who is going to summarize. But... It also means that Mike has to answer a question, and he has to answer it truthfully, or as truthfully as he can, and candidly. This feels a little, you know, why is this, like, only on me? Does it it feel, like, brilliant? This this feels a little Mikeist. It feels feels so... It feels very... There's a word for it. It's called just... this, This is really an attempt to try to gamify a certain aspect of the podcast, so... We can actually get some participants. So, that's, like, we can actually. That's true. If, if our audience wants to suggest questions, we can actually try to use some of those. And 
It's also a way for us to try to interject a funny bit, especially in some episodes that are going to be relatively short summations. It's true, dear listeners. We are trying to manipulate you into interacting with us. Mike is lonely, and he wants to know your burning (laughs) questions. So if you have a question for Mike, send your emails to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. That email is again. Good luck. So, so, okay, so that's the angle. Okay, I, I, I get it. So, so long wow. as it's not just picking on me, then that's okay because I've well, gotten used to that. In, so, in all fairness, Mike, we're going to be picking on everybody because there will be some times when I'm not going to be able to do it or when Matt's not going to be able to do it. It's true. But overwhelmingly, I will what also I, refuse to do certain things. What I'm hearing though <laughs> is that since David, I this refuse, is this is a shock. Since I refuse right? to do openings. This is overwhelmingly against just me. Well, it's not openings you're refusing to do. It's the summarization. It's it's the work that you're refusing yeah. to do. Okay, so yeah. since I'm refusing to do work, you're punishing me? What kind of fucking capitalist society is this? This is justice by hey, sortition. Go, I, Matt, Mike, go tell it to Rio. Or Riot. You know, Fuck, you know go what? tell it to Riot. Fuck you guys. Go tell it on a ride. Why don't you, why don't we let Derek start what he's been working hard for in capitalist society? Why don't we do this? Since Derek is the one that did, since Derek was the one that did the summary, we'll let Derek ask you the first question, Mike. I think that is, what's the word? It sounds like just, and it is just. Is, is, I I, I think it starts with (laughs) F and it ends with Fuck you. <laughs> all right. So here's so, here's here's the question. All right, uh, Mike. I want it. I want you to watch this episode. I'm Start to finish. Twenty. Se- yeah, it's like twenty-one minutes in. and twenty-eight seconds <laughs> long. Thirty seconds. Thirty-five <laughs> seconds in, bitches. And and when we when you finish, I want you to tell us the most titillating part of this episode to you. Oh wow. Oh uh, yeah. Hey Google, define titillating. Uh, Perfect. While we're waiting for uh, Google, uh, Derek. All right, all right. I have yeah. to commend you for this question. Mild, <laughs> arousing, mildly sexual. Okay. Yeah, because cool. there's a couple yeah, that a jump one. out to me right away that I hope he brings up. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you mean in this episode full of people in skin tight metal? There's a bit that jumps out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to discuss them. <laughs> all right. Can't so. Wait. Then you guys now start your extremely excruciating minute-by-minute commentary while I go pee and watch the episode. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You are a true fucking American hero. Are you going to take Are you going to take the microphone in with you while you're peeing? Yeah, again? I want to hear the... No, I'm not Adam. I'm not going to okay. chew and pee in front of you guys. You are listening to Amazingly Terrible. It is Amazingly Terrible, right? This time, yes, this time. (laughs) You can keep that part in there, too. You are listening to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast exploring the cartoons you loved as a child, as an adult. So do we we know what episode of Silverhawks this is? I know it's number 65. Is this... uh, It's called Airshow. In a world where... But what what season, what uh, This is the very last episode produced. Yeah, there's only one season of it, and it just cliffhangs at the end of it. Yes. Damn. Uh, okay, we'll get into that. I know why they stopped at 65. Yeah, so welcome to uh, Silverhawks, episode 65. Uh, episode title name was Air Show, and as it was just discussed, this is the last episode Silverhawks ever aired. 
Um, it all was in 1986. Uh, this is Derek, and I'm presenting today. And this is actually the first. <laughs> this is the first show that we've watched that I significantly remember watching, and I remember oh, having the toys. Man. And that I realized sucks. watching this episode, I don't remember shit. <laughs> well, Derek. So, so for Derek, for I'm that's... Matt. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. It's good to see you again. I appreciate that. No, uh, I'm Adam. Hi, guys. My name's Adam. How's it going? I'm David. Mike, who are you? Hey, I'm Mike. I wandered in here. Who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Right, so Silverhawks actually starts out by summarizing the entire episode at the very beginning, which I was kind of surprised about. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was a previously on the first time I watched it. So yeah, did I, too. initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I realized very quickly that this is a precap. It's yes. a uh, television device that came into popularity in the 70s, and it was one of the early uh, TV tricks to keep people from turning the channel. Nice, laying down some knowledge, oh, David. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was very popular in the seventies uh, sci-fi television series, such as the original Battlestar and uh, oh. the Star Lost and Logan's Run, the series. <laughs> and it, was that because the budget? <laughs> was that because the budgets on these shows were so dreadfully low that they were afraid people would change the channel uh, mid-program? Yes. I knew it. Or, or or was it an attempt to give people the option so they can watch it and be like, this looks like it's going to be a shitty episode. I'm going to go watch Dallas. Well, ideally it was going to do the opposite of that. Mm. Okay. It's interesting yeah. that they would run like um, a 30-second ad for the show right before the show. Yes. But yeah. it's, I mean, it's essentially a trailer, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it tells you whether or not the episode is a rerun, and then you can change the channel. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. yeah there you go. No, it's terrible. So, it's what they, yeah, it's not what <laughs> they <laughs> wanted to do. Yeah, I was going to say. I imagine that's actually just what wound up happening, and that's probably the reason why this fell out of fashion so quickly. Um, I will say of of all the shows we've watched so far, I feel like this one actually does the most to just kill time, to just be like. Flat out, we are we are reusing as much animation as we can. We are going to spend as much time on non-plot elements as we can. Let's just pad out this thirty minutes. I think they're oh, running uh, under. Yeah. Oh, e- easily. Like, oh, yeah. and we'll get to it. The whole office scene, which had no place in the show whatsoever. My and favorite scene. Like, <laughs> the emotional <laughs> linchpin of the episode. All right, so to, to do oh. a brief brief summary, instead of going frame by frame here, so the show opens with a 30-second, a as we said, commercial into the next 22 minutes of your life and what you're going to see. <laughs> At the end of that commercial, it has the amazing opening music montage, which has some hyper-memorable lines such as, Wings of silver, nerds of st- nerves of steel, and I like nerds of steel. <laughs> nerds of That's good. Steel. <laughs> oh, let me. Can I? Do you mind if I sing the next line? Yeah, you absolutely. Give us your best rendition. Yeah, you've you've been singing it for like the last twenty the minutes. So. I know. I've been addicted. 
They're partly metal and partly real. <laughs> and then the chorus is Silverhawks. That's yes. That. So and, the, the um, partly metal, partly real part, I, I really did think that that was just racist. That was, I, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out it was a mineralist, David. Um, yes. But I felt like it was, uh, uh, showed some sort of prejudice towards uh, semi-bionic or cyborg uh, creatures. I'm really not sure I can get on with your mineralist agenda. What? I liked elementalist better, but now elementalist. We'll stick what with I that then. Like is that they're actually true to like they're kind of hawkish instead of wildcats, which were not cats at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, you guys actually from left field. So. Yeah. In well, all fairness, Mike, it I'm was you... wild C A T S, not no. wild cats. Yeah, thank you. Acronyms. It's oh, sorry, bleep acronyms. <laughs> at, at oh yeah, that's the other change this week too, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to make this a family friendly <laughs> show. Yes, family We're friendly. Yeah, from now on, guys. That uh, is actually a good uh, penalty. We're going to uh, bleak my. Pr- Mike's profanity for this episode. There we just go. Mine. Oh, oh, yeah. Just mine. Yeah. Mike, uh, didn't you um, didn't you fuck acronyms that time when we went to Vegas? Uh, was that her no, name? No. Yeah, she. Uh, Whoa. Her was she name. was she Asian? No. Uh, or was she, was she now was now she who's pretty from the? Can we get back to the province? racist program? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and away from the racist host. I'm not a host. I'm not a host. I just showed up here. I'm he's glad like that you're, f- not de- you're not denying the racist bit. You're just he's like a fan host. of the show that they let on. He's living. I, in the I, gym, I right? walked into this bar and this shit was already happening. Yeah, Mike is like our uh, uh, Make a Wish Foundation participant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he wanted to hang out with a bunch of uh, middle-aged men trying to recapture youth. March of dimes. I'm the cancer boy. <laughs> Yeah, you're the you're the boss tone, the guy they let dance on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. the guy with the tambourine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they nice. let him have a tambourine. Wow. No, no, I actually I don't think they did give him a tambourine. He was just dancing. <sighs> okay. Anyways, Wildcat sucked. This looks raw. This looks awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are right. we going to be doing? Are we offering our opinions at the beginning here, or should we wait till the end? Let's just wait to the end on this one because this is there's let's, not a lot. On let's this. try to hold our uh, dirty thirties until the end. Okay, <laughs> okay, we, we can hold off. All right. Anything else you can? Uh, Mike always said he d- already did his dirty thirty. Yeah, I, I don't hold oh. my my shit. I, I so, blow it early. So we're just we're just holding off on the dirty thirty. If that's the case, then I would have to say mm. I love the show. <laughs> But this is the first of many that I think we're going to be getting into where I did have a profound sense of disappointment while watching it. That's what she said. Because I remember the show being much more serious when I was a kid. Because I, I think the last time I watched it, I was like uh, six years old, seven years old, something like that. Mm. So it, it was a while ago. But I have very distinct memories of this show. And I thought it was actually like a very high-paced, action-packed but like more adult themed and serious in nature, mm. and and this comes across, albeit it is awesome. I, I as an adult, I am enjoying yeah. this, but it's it's not quite not quite what I remember, and I'm feeling a little bit of that disappointment. And and it's and this is just going to happen every time we come across one of these cartoons that I had a profound memory of. So, 
Yes, this this does definitely seem to be aimed at children. Y- yeah, yep. I agree mm. with the disappointment, Adam. Just in the like utter disregard for their concept, where they yeah. took like we we actually have a bunch of fun ideas. Just throw that in the garbage, because we have a very important uh, national holiday to celebrate. Global holiday. It yeah. was the uh, it was the yeah. planet that was. It's true. So, anyways, to get back into the summary, just to kind of get this out of the way. Uh, so, after the opening montage, we see the Silverhawks in the Silverhawk Command Center, or whatever you want to call it, which looks like it looks like a fascist asshole. I mean, literally, it looks like an asshole with an eagle yeah. over the top of it, gripping That's, the asshole that shoved yes. into a small asteroid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then, so you get all of the Silverhawks, and this is one of the first deviations from from memory. I thought the Silverhawks were the four, essentially, Silverhawks and then Copper Boy. Uh, but I don't remember the guy with the green suit. I don't remember the guy with the tornado move, um, stuff like that. So there's all these secondary Silverhawks. And, Adam, I don't know if you remember those as, as no, well. No, no. I was just I'm, like, who the hell are these people? I have a memory of the guy with the spinning legs, but that could have very well been, like, a He-Man character as well. Okay. So mm, Yeah, they're pretty, they, they pretty much, like, round out the toy line. Why do they all fart rainbows? <laughs> that's that's just for the air show. They're going to be. That's just on. for we'll, the air we'll show. We'll get to Mike. that. We'll get to that. Mike. But, yeah. Okay. weren't you weren't you in the air force? Yeah. Yes, but when we farted rainbows, it was for a purpose. Right. Not just for the <laughs> random open. No. No. And, hear and me you, out. You here. point you point out something good here, Matt. Yes, Mike was in the air force, but they stuck him in a bunker underground. Derek right. was in the Navy, and he used to fly the shit out of everything. So <laughs> it's true. And yeah, Derek, I, I believe you do fart rainbows. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how we put on air shows. Yeah, that's right. Air show. Isn't that the name of this episode? It is Commander Stargazer. The uh, perfect the, transition. Yeah, right. The guy with the the space monocle is uh-huh. uh, is asking his team if they've all practiced, and the you know. Silverhawks kind of four have very clearly been practicing and then it also appears that their their other counterparts in the team have not but one of the guys remarks <laughs> he's like hey this planet only has an independence day once every 50 years we're gonna give them the best show ever and I'm like that's code speak for you guys got hammered last night and forgot to go fly this morning yeah yeah <laughs> I have a couple questions based on this um first of all who the fuck are they getting independence from Right. Yeah, that was that was my question. Yeah, from from whence do they get independence every fifty years? My second question is, uh, what the fuck is that little mime robot boy? <laughs> I hate him so fucking much. <laughs> copper boy. <laughs> he he, the copper kid was actually like oh, one shit. of my earliest heroes when I was younger. Like I wanted to be the copper kid when I used to watch this cartoon. He fucking bleep bloops himself. That's like know, he's fucking the creepiest goddamn thing. <laughs> anyway, Derek, do do go on. Yeah, so then it goes to the very next scene and there's the villain, Monstar, not to be confused with the Monstars from uh that terrible basketball Looney Tunes crossover in the late nineties. Uh you mean and- the fantastic <laughs> epic award winning uh Space, Space Jams Jam? movie yeah, that, mm-hmm. that they're remaking? Made. I've never yeah. seen it. I've never seen that movie. 
Actually, I'd never seen it either. <laughs> I've, I've heard it's it's like polarizing. Like people either love it or they're like, "This is the biggest piece of." Trash Wait a minute, have produced. none of us seen this movie? David, no. Mike, Mike. What are we talking about? Did you... <laughs> <laughs> Mike, did did you ever watch uh, Space Jam? It's on the my Michael, list. The Michael Jordan. Jesus. So you have none of us have seen this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> fine. Well, I think we should just continue to trash it. I think we should watch it. Or we should continue to trash it and then watch it once. As, as and then, part of this. When was and then it, after, after we this watch is... it, we actually record an episode where we retract everything that we said earlier. Uh, yeah. We trash it. I, I think this this is part I'll of our like, the list. Yeah, this is part Thank of you, David. Like, add it to the list. Yeah, this is part of your punishment, this is, Mike. This is our our material here, so I think we should. So getting back to it, so Monstar, he is talking to a monkey, uh, a monkey snake whose name is Yes Man about yeah. his plan to disrupt the Silverhawks air show at this, this uh, Independence Day. There's no rhyme or reason given. He's just going to go, and he's going to show the galaxy that he's the world's most terrible, evil, criminal mastermind. And, um, and they do one shot in this sequence where they show the shadows on the wall, and it's very clear that Snake Bitch spends a lot of time about dick height, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he is yes man. He can't say no to anything. Oh, yeah. 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 All he does is repeat the last line that Monstar said for the hard of hearing. Yeah. Which the voiceover actor for Monstar is actually kind of tough to follow if you're not. It took the second time through, it took me figuring out precisely what he was saying. He's the same voice actor and the same voice as Mumra. Oh, Mumra. Oh, That's right. That's yes. Right. Famously intelligible Mumra. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Mon- Monstar was awesome. Like, I loved the design of him. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, slightly sexy, kind of, like in a, mm-hmm. da- in, a in a kind of chunky Dave Bowie kind of way, and uh, menacing, and his face was all fucked up, and he had that a- amazing eye patch. Uh, I really enjoy- I enjoyed overall the character design in this show, but I yeah. really enjoyed Monstar pre-transition. I really did like Monstar's design as well. What I liked even better was the fact that he lives on a planet with a giant sphincter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That but I called a that functional planet. one. Uh, yeah, I called that the giant gaping asshole planet. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's bright red. And I think that I think the planet is called Monstar, isn't it? Or it's called It's called Chocolate Monstar. Chocolate Monstar. Could be. <laughs> nice. Jesus. I had to look up at the name of their gang. They're just the mob. Pan to the next scene, quite possibly the best scene in the entire episode. We find the, oh, by the way, the ranks in this show are all sorts of fucked up. Like the second in command's <laughs> a lieutenant, but then they're like just random bitch pilots, a colonel, and the dude who's in charge is a commander. So anyways, the lieutenant. Wait, was he a commander? I thought he was a captain. No, he's a lieutenant. He's no, 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 no. I thought, in... I thought no, Stargazer, no. the guy in charge, I thought they kept on calling him captain. No, he's commander. He's commander? Okay. Yeah. Uh, because Silverhawk. Our main Silverhawk guy, whose name I, I don't remember. Quicksilver. He's a, he's a lieutenant. Quicksilver. He's an, yeah, he's a lieutenant he's Quicksilver. Okay. Yeah. And then the two, the brother and sister, are sergeants. The pilot is a colonel. The copper boy is a mime. The copper uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's an ensign. He's acting ensign Wesley. I, I mean, feel like boy. they found that thing somewhere. That's his rank, is like foundling. Right? Foundling. <laughs> so then we get this really... 
interesting scene where the lieutenant walks into the commander's office, one wearing a tracksuit. His body's yeah. made of metal, but he, he has clothes on in this scene. And, and I had a question about that. I, I was wondering if, do they like feel shame about their metal bodies? Like the, the intro would suggest that they should, because the metal body isn't <laughs> real, quote-unquote, real. Mm. Oh, yeah. And if, if they do, in fact, feel shame and feel like they have to wear clothing, is their uniform supposed to be just nude? Are they being forced to just be nude whenever they are in the service? That's an interesting question. I thought it was more like, you know, wearing a mask. They do it for us. Their perfect silver bodies excite such envy and lust in our hearts that they have to cover them so that we aren't consumed. So the track the tracksuit is more like a like a hijab, basically. You know what Matt, you said those words? And yeah. I am um I'm going to go do something else. Matt is the reason why the MPAA was created. Everything is sexual. Wait. That that wasn't racist, was it? I mean, that's the reason why people wear hijabs, right? You know, there's there's other their... things wrong you can do besides racism. You don't have to con- like keep yourself just to racism. There's all kinds of ways you could fuck up at it. There's all okay. sorts can of isms. Can I be isms. sexist too? Ooh, can I be sexist? Can I be sexist? That's not an sexist. ism. I don't want to. So, do that. so another observation: if you actually look at Commander Stargazer, has a metal metal body as well, but he wears clothes mm-hmm. yes. the entire time. He has like a green colored metal body, so. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where what direction they're going with that, but he's wearing clothes. So, so maybe clothing signifies rank of some type. So like yeah, if you're no. low ranked, you're not allowed clothing. Yeah, it's it's, it's house rank. elf rules. That's true. Colonel, uh, whatever his name is, where's that bandana? Star. Oh, the the pilot. oh yeah, the pilot. Doesn't he wear a, a cowboy hat? He does. Um, anyways, getting back to this this scene though, he's called into the commander's office, and the commander's like, "I just want to tell you good luck tomorrow." And then the lieutenant goes, "Is that it?" And he goes, "Yep." And as he's walking, he goes, "No, wait." <laughs> and he gives him this like, "I just want to say you're the best decision I ever made at my second in command." And I was like, "Wow, this is quite the fucking bromance for the mid eighties yeah, here." Yeah. Do you well, think? I, I thought that maybe there was. Um... Maybe, well, see, we're breaking protocol here. David said to keep the dirty thirty to the end. I, I have a, I have a non, don't break, don't break. I have a non dirty headcanon for don't this, break. and that is that just it's very clear from his body language, but um, from the way he speaks, from his subject matter, but mostly from his voice, that he's dying of throat cancer, and he knows it. <laughs> He knows it. He's gotten, like, the second opinion already. He knows it's months away, and he's just – he's wrapping up business. He has unfinished I mean, business, and he's taking care of it. Nice. He's he like knows going, this is the last episode in syndication. That's he's true. Going, so he's, so he's going to all of his loved ones and saying, I just want you to know that I appreciate you, and I love you, and you've you're done the a best. great deal for me. You're the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, wife, you're the best decision I've made. Second in command. so anyways after this scene the next thing we see is we see molecular the molecular man and oh what's this guy's name hardware thank you hardware flying in on a pterodactyl hang glider in space which evidently has gravity and breathable atmosphere yeah he's wearing any sort of breath masks i put in my notes space physics equals equals regular physics 
<clears throat> yeah, and the yeah, way and the way that these two these two uh, sub villains break into the nationalistic butthole in space is a garage door opener. Like they just fly up, and he's like, "How are we going to get past the alarm?" And he pulls out a garage door opener, and then they just enter the hangar bay. Yeah, um, they go right in. Did anybody yeah. else think that hardware kind of looked like a fuckable mushroom? No, absolutely no. not. No. <laughs> Are you talking about the orc from the Lord of the Rings cartoon? Ooh, that's he another. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 I didn't even yeah. think of that. Uh, my biggest thing with him is that he, his haircut is a fucking disaster. He clearly has a COVID haircut. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he went to like the, world all the way. Yeah, he went to like the third tier uh, Autobots haircut guy to get oh. that fucking horrible do. Did anybody else think that molecular the molecular man looked like the the uh, the droid from Spaceballs? Uh, oh yeah, yes. he does, doesn't he? I thought he looked, he looked like a cleaning bubbles commercial crossed with a stopwatch. He looked awfully ballsy. But all I could think of was Dot Matrix when I saw him. I had to yeah. look at no, Dot. Like, no, yeah. Cross between yes. Dot Matrix and Mega Absolutely. Maid. I was like, holy yep. shit, that is straight out of Spaceballs. But then what he, I what I really he, liked also was the uh, the pterodactyl collapsed. So this was a collapsible flying yeah, pterodactyl robot. That yeah, it's a glider to pack. Yeah, but but he Duh. he bubbleized outer space. That. Into a silver dude. Well, yeah, but hold on. We haven't gotten to their, their dastardly plan. Oh, oh, oh. As, as put out by Monstar, they were going to get rid of the Mirage, which is the uh, the jet starship that the Silverhawks fly around in. Mm-hmm. So f- following all space physics, they push it out the edge, and then it just falls. <laughs> yeah, it just falls. It's in yeah. deep space. Just falls. Yeah. Yeah. falls, yeah, falls away. It down in space. <laughs> yeah, yep. and it very clearly falls down. Yeah, and away from the national... Nationalistic asteroid. Yep. Um, but and then to molecular... do this, to do this, though, molecular the molecular man turns into uh, one of the silverhawks. Yes, this like guy the can. Of the silverhawks. This guy can turn into anything and to jettison a spaceship into a space. He turns into a human. <laughs> Partly yeah. metal. Partly, Partly metal. Real human. Partly real. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. you're right. So I guess not really a human. Not even really a person. Are these oh, guys... Oh, racist. Like, <laughs> so, Adam, you said you watched this show. I rem- I mean, I was very young when this show was out, like three, oh, turning four years old, so you yeah. probably remember a little bit more than me. Were all the Silverhawks, like, androids, is that their background? They're not, they're not I don't, augmented I, people, right? They're No, no, I don't, I don't think they actually ever... I don't think they ever actually explained it. If they did, I oh, don't okay. recall it. Um, I think that they... I think they actually might be... Um, people. The way that I read it is they're cyborgs of some type. Um, okay, yes. The way I read it is they fucking allow that goddamn freak mime child in their midst. And uh, dude, Copper Kid, Copper Boy Man. I liked him as a kid, but Copper I was kid, also three yeah. and a half. I loved Copper Kid. The thing that I remember most about Copper Kid was the um, the discs that he can actually manifest from his hip. Yeah, and could throw the discs, and then they would like return to them like boomerangs. Wait, you mm-hmm. remember watching stuff when you're three and a half years old? No, no, no. Oh. I was six. I was six or seven. Damn. Yeah, I have a bunch of memories from my first house. We moved out of that right after I turned four. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was I actually remember. No, I remember seeing the bad video world premiere. I remember we drove home from the drugstore in Rhode Island called Douglas Drug. And my two parents and I sat down and watched it. I think my sister had just been born. I'd have to look at the exact date of it. 
but either my mo- <clears throat> my mom was severely pregnant with the oldest of the sisters or Casey had just been born. Yeah, right. and I remember watching that at their house. Nice. Or our house, I guess. I fucking I was little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't pay rent. No. <laughs> no, I shit my trow and they changed it. He paid rent in cuteness. Right. Well, that's the way he does it now, isn't it? Yeah, it's just something like that. Because you are a kept man, aren't you, my friend? Yep. Oh, <laughs> good God. All right, I'm out. So getting back to kept men. <laughs> Living um, the dream. After, after molecular, the molecular man. turns into the mirage and then calls the orc from the hobbit, uh, you could be a monkey's uncle. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Pan, pan <laughs> over to the Silverhawks, who are all walking into their briefing space and getting ready to do their do their air show, and they're all super pumped up, and everybody's there ready to go. And then they run into the hangar, and they have like two jets between them. But they got a motorcycle that rides in space. They got a top field dragster that rides in space. One guy it, has a tornado the for an it's ass. The, it's the yeah. driving away montage. None of the methods of travel are any good for space travel. They no, all have no. very inappropriate vehicles for going into space. Yeah. But but my favorite part was Commander Stargazer is like, no, let's put on the best damn show there is, and then runs out with everybody, despite the fact that he looks like he's been on like a three-day bender, and like his clothes are all disheveled, because that's just the way he's animated. He's got like a tie that's like around his nipples. He's got like his shirt that's yeah. on button two spots. Suspenders are just sort of hanging off. I mean, the throat cancer really clarifies what's important and what isn't. Hey, Apparently. lead from the front, right? <laughs> if you're not right. going to lead, get the fuck out of the way. So anyways, then we see him going down. I got to look up the name of this. Hold on. Bedlamia. Let, let me Bet-lamia, talk about the motorcycle yeah. then. Bedlamia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The motorcycle clearly has rubber wheels. <laughs> yep. And... and and so does the top fuel dragster because they both put out tire smoke when they take off. Yeah, yep. no, no, not not not, when, not even when they take off. When they're out in space, when they accelerate, they put out tire smoke. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, how space. do you how do you guys fucking think space works? Okay. <laughs> have you ever been out there? Uh, That's when you tell us that space creates friction. Out, <laughs> have you have any of you out been out in space? No. So. Tire smoke well, happens. In I space, mean, he has us there. Because America. So, so I have. I guess this might be a good, good, good place to to talk about this. Um, after I I watched the first episode of this, I inadvertently found an article about uh, Voyager Two and how, <laughs> as it's getting further and further outside of the solar system, its registering space is becoming more and more dense. It's in the the Oort cloud. From what I gathered from it was space has density when it has particles in it. So maybe, just maybe, what we know about space is confined to how close we are to our own planet. And the further away into deep space you get, away from other objects with gravitational pulls... Maybe space does have air. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Like it get it gets thicker as you go it gets, fa- away. It gets thicker, exactly. As you go further away. No, I think there's a restaurant in Pluto. No, I, it doesn't explain why they're able to breathe the atmosphere outside of the uh, like right outside the planet. But. Well, the, physics has has no real meaning here. 
I mean, my thing is that it, I, I think that the real issue is that they just went to and they took they bought up the rights to every toy front that failed out of their toy line and they just cobbled them together. <laughs> and they're like this. Nice. These, these are the toys that we could afford the rights to. So make a show around these things. Which uh, would fully explain it would fully explain so, the Bedlamians, if that's the case. Because could we, be. Because when we oh. see the Bedlamians here, because this is around about the time frame we see them, they look like a cross between a squid, a bird, and a person. They look like, the Bedlamians look like the chickens that KFC genetically engineered to have the most succulent head meat. Yes. Oh, fuck, awesome. I love that head meat. <laughs> so, hey, Adam, David, can you point, just isolate that? You just take that and hold that, so you can just play that over and over again on your okay, we're, soundboard. We're, we're, we're not doing. We're not doing this thing where we like isolate yeah. things. David said I to say. hold your hold your dirty thirty, Mike. Okay, I'll, so, I'll Adam, say that I love head meat for later. Perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm very curious if you are onto something with like failed toy lines because this yeah. this show the people who essentially paid for it and produced this show this is a follow on to He Man mm-hmm. by the same the same people so I'm curious if there were failed He Man toy and character designs that well, I, after He Man and Masters of the Universe ended they turned around and said oh let's do space space He Man with lycra steel bodysuits and go from there. I, I thought that this was I thought this was immediately following Thundercats. Like I thought these were the same guys that did Thundercats. I think Thundercats was after this, but I don't quote me on that. They are hanging on to the Thundercats wiki as sort of a parasitic sub wiki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, you said to save it for later. Um I so I have a story kind of about this, uh, and that was about He Man. So uh when they were creating He Man at a certain point, uh, they they bought the mold for a um, a cheap mold for another toy, and they were like, "Hey, make this uh, make this part of the show." And they just threw it at like the toy designer or a head writer guy, and he turned it into Battle Cat, and that's why Battle Cat is this like flocked zebra creature with a saddle on it that's a different scale of everything else because it's from a different toy line they're just like uh, make them write it and that's wow. and that's how nice. they folded wow. in sell, you know selling this super cheap toy uh as part of the he-man line that's what i just looked it up it is most. thundercats nice. is how much shit they tried to sell us in the 80s and 90s that we thought were was animation and like art and it was just purely commercialism it's just like here take this toy Ooh, i'll take this toy <laughs> hell yeah i dude i had silverhawk toys as a kid i remember them being cheap like i remember their wings were not very were not very good they're made of like a, a cheap cheap material see i never i never actually had the toys i never actually got the toy for this i had gobots which were the the ultimate knockoff of transformers but Damn, GoBots are cool. I was of the inter- okay. So, so first up, the GoBot toys I thought were uh, higher quality than Transformers because they they were actually like metal. I remember the reverse of that. Oh, really? Now they were solid. Yeah. I remember the Silverhawks toys. I didn't have one, but I knew a kid who had them, and we we would play with them. I remember, and I correct me if I'm wrong on this, Derek, but 
you could like squeeze their legs together and their arms would flip forward into yeah. the silverhawk pose and their mm-hmm. little like um their little uh wings would spread out because they were like made of cloth. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what I was saying is I had I think I only had one or two of these, but I, I very distinctly remember as a kid the the wings were not you know, in the show they look cool and like a solid piece or whatever and on yeah. the toy it was like a little piece of like thin nylon almost um but i what i also do remember is isn't this the one where the mirage was like a gun and that's how you flew it around you had a handle mm. and you could like shoot things out the front or whatever i don't, I don't remember, remember that yeah yeah i, I don't, don't remember, remember any that. of these toys honestly yeah. i just remember the cartoon I don't remember any so, of this. I was too busy um, playing. But Super looking Mario it up real quick, this. it does look like um, this series did come after Thundercats. It was created as a space-based equivalent of the previous series, Thundercats. So yeah. Thundercats was before this, which is the reason why I think they used the same voice actor for um, from Mumra for Monstar, and why there's a lot of similarities between the two characters because they both have to undergo a magical transformation to get into their ultimate form. So, speaking of magical transformations, this is an excellent segue into the next part of the show. So, after we see our our intrepid heroes streaking towards the planet to do their air show, we cut them back to the Monstars with Monstar himself, or the mob with Monstar himself, in his throne. And he's pretty much like, it's time for the transformation. Which then we get into what we said earlier with the planet and the sphincter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so Yes Man goes down to a, a console, flips a lever, pushes a, another lever up. And what appears to be engines on the back of the planet engage and start turning the planet so this light of this red star then can come through the crack in the planet to hit the palace that Monstar is sitting in to begin his transformation into an armored Monstar. Yes. Um, yeah. And I got to say, this whole sequence was a total panty dropper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Matt, like in defense of a lot of this show, I found myself actually enjoying this one quite a bit. I oh, thought the animation oh, yeah. was really yeah. good. I like the character designs. I just kind of going back to an earlier point Adam made. I don't fucking remember what they said when I was that young watching this, but I thought it was a little bit more serious, and that's why I was a lot more excited to to pick this up. To, I you know, I agree with you. Like the production value of the show, I think it's the best animated show we've watched. Honestly, like the quality and consistency of the drawings is great. Like, and they've they've decided to do some really hard things. Like every character that on the show is covered in reflective material. Yeah. Uh, and they pull it off fairly convincingly. Like uh, it, it's in, it's an impressively drawn and executed show. Yeah, and, and they they often pick very complicated angles in which to draw the characters as well. And I think that that that's, again speaks very highly towards the the type and style of animation. That said, the monster transformation is a complete canned animation. They played it. I'll bet oh, they yeah. played it every episode. Oh, I would. I would. Imagine. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but. Then the very next scene is them flying away, and this is where I sent you guys the text. I was like, this is the most 80s show ever. Boy, these villains are incredible. Like they, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. they committed into all kinds of 80s music on the villains. They had, uh, was it Melody was the name of the, <laughs> Mel- the, the girl? Yeah. 
Yeah, with the keytar, with the gun, and she reminds me of the dude in Mad Max on the top of the freaking semi-truck, like, shredding the axe as they're going into battle. Yeah. They had this, like, this cross between, like, Oh gosh! Like John Waters and Max Headroom was in another thing. Like Poker crazy face. glasses on. Yeah, yeah, is that what his name face. is? Poker that was face. His name. Yep, yep. I really hope Lady Gaga took him as inspiration. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> really hoping. I mean, every single one of these guys is great. You got the guy who looks like, um, oh, who's Wolverine's brother? Is it Beast? No, not Sabretooth. No, Sabretooth. Yeah, that dude. And he has a tuning fork as a weapon, which I thought was cool. Like, yeah. everybody was different, and I, I really appreciated that about this show. Yeah, I everybody felt was like, very different. I felt like a lot of the villains, though, revolves, revolved around gambling. Like, Well, that that was Poker Face. I think yeah. that he, he was the primary one, because uh, they did have, in, in my research in the series, they did have a uh, gambling planet. Oh, was one of the planets that they would frequently go to. It was like like a casino planet, and it was uh, uh, a regular stop, a regular uh, setting for for the show. And that's but gambling is a sin. I think that's the reason why it was the bad guy hangout. That's where Poker oh. Face comes from. So. Oh, I see. He was my but favorite like, one. Going through and, and just looking at some of the descriptors for some of these characters, they they they, they I don't even think they had them all in here. Uh, one is Smiley, a mummified boxer robot that's brought yeah. back to life by Poker Face. I think he was in it. I think I saw him. Uh, Zero, the memory thief, a long-nosed, shady character who steals memories using a cattle prod-like weapon. I know that guy. Uh, <laughs> Personally? Time, my favorite, Time Stopper, a cocky 14-year-old juvenile delinquent, nectophobe, with a chest device that has the ability to suspend all ambient motion and kinetic energy around him for one limbo minute. He lives in my building, and he's having a tough time transitioning to e-learning. <laughs> the pandemic has hit us all very, very yeah, hard in very different ways. He's just so. having a, I mean, learning online is much different. He's, he's struggling it with it. It is, yeah. So it, it's about this time that the heroes show up into the atmosphere and they're preparing for their flyby number one or whatnot. And before we get too far, before we get too far into it though, I I did want to point out that everybody was, all of the villains were coming out of Moonstar and the first one out was Monstar and Monstar is riding a giant, what I thought to be mechanical squid. (laughs) No, he has like the mind flayer Nautilus ship from Spelljammer. It is fucking awesome. Oh, like, it's so amazing. It it like as soon as I saw that I was like, no, no fucking wonder I love the show as a kid. It, right. I want that as a toy right it now. Is, exactly. It is so good. But we learn a disturbing truth later. We do. We yes. do. Yeah. Um Should we wait so, till we get to that disturbing truth? Well, I have an important question when we get there. Okay. 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 We'll note it. Yeah. So anyways, this is the point where molecular then essentially takes control through a uh, cross-space walkie-talkie with Monstar and then begins to do a maximum G pull-up, pulling our heroes who are in the Mirage away from the planet's atmosphere. Uh, and, and this is the point in time... Call, whoa, 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 the... whoa, whoa. What about the cute anime girl with the green oh, hair? Jesus. Right, Sorry, the mic. 
We already uh, talked we'll about get, Melody. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll, let's, let's talk about her some more. Yeah, but, Mike, but tell us more. What Moonstar says is, or what Monstar says is, fly them beyond the light year limit. So there, oh, yeah, is, right. there are like delineations in space they have here, mm-hmm. and and the it sounds like the furthest distance from the planet is called the light year limit, which is going to come into play in a. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come into play in the light year minute. Uh, but here's here's my question: is is it like is it like moving the diplomats until they're past the the three mile limit so they can be arrested, like the the yeah, old well. con. Like where like, you take them out but, to sea and then like they, two two hundred miles off of the off of but the. But doesn't uh, he say two hundred miles? <laughs> uh, Seventy five. I I think that's exactly what he says. He says drop them off outside the light year limit. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's not that diabolical where he has them inside a robot machine where he could just be like, fine, I'm going to molecularly reconstruct myself into one molecule and turn you guys into paste. Yeah, well, I mean, why, see, doesn't, it, why doesn't molecule this, simply this, digest them? This, right? this is this is the question that I had. Yes, because it seems that at this point in time, definitively, the most powerful creature in this entire universe is Molecular. The Molecular Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yes. he can shape shift into anything. He can shape shift into a functioning starship with propulsion. Two different ones. He he yeah. does this. And can fly what I'm assuming is beyond the speed of light because they say the light year limit. I'm assuming that's mm. like a light year away. And he does this in a matter of a few minutes. I mean, it, it's clear, though, what his weakness is, which is imagination. We saw that like his imagination no. for getting rid of a spaceship was to turn into a dude. That's, that's true. That's true. But his other weakness is Women. tickling. So oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a gentle lover, though. I would be curious to see in other episodes if he was portrayed as kind of cowardly. Like I could see that, yeah. Cause some some of the, the things that he says, and he kind of has this like snickering, like little like <laughs> attitude. If they portrayed him as to counter the fact that he is, as Adam you said, immensely powerful, but he's just a bitch. I, I think that's that's called confidence, Derek. That's how a confident person acts. Have you? I mean, he's probably got a lot of body conscious issues. Oh, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. He sits there and is like, I look like Dot Matrix. So I really but I don't have nice hair. <laughs> I do agree with you, Matt. I think that he should have just turned into like a Sarlacc or something and just yeah. digested the quote unquote real part of the um, Silverhawks. Right. Or just like yeah. start like, you know, like subtly move where the gear shift is. So like when they go to hit the gear shift, it's just a little bit off. And they're like, oh, and it just fucks and, th- and throws them all off. <laughs> so you just want molecular to <laughs> gaslight them, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, shrink the cabin, like, 8%. Just 8%. It'll wig them the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, it, it would. Like, they lay down in these essentially body-sized coffins. Like, yeah. That's the whole mechanic of the Mirage, is that they lay down in these coffins, and then they open and they're like torpedo shot out the front. I, I have they, a, a, I ha- a, a terrible thought has occurred to me. Um, are we witnessing like human artillery in a kamikaze future war? Are, are the silver Pretty hawks, much. are they the armaments? Quite possibly. I wasn't there, thinking about that until now. I was thinking the that they are planning to invade Earth uh, based off of the button on this episode, but yeah. 
I got a much more important question. Like a very, very serious <laughs> more question. More important than, than, than so it's self-destructing weapons. That they don't necessarily need breathing apparatus in space, right? Well, they have yes. their space. They're human hybrids. Yeah. So are there little glass coffins that they're in on those planes? Do they have like recirculating air? Like what if they fart in one while they're going to a mission? <laughs> like are they just gagging on their own on their own scent? They're wearing it it's, like, out? it's like a skin tight metal suit, right? They could fart and that little like fart pellet it would take that a month to like work its way down to the ankle. No, but the thing is it's gonna work its way up because there's no gravity in space. Well, actually, there is, as we saw in the episode. And <laughs> yeah. then it's just going to come out their neck hole. Poof. Good point. Yeah. I do like <laughs> I do <laughs> like when they cut back to the actual um, uh, flight scene, to the actual planet where they're uh, uh, doing the – where the other Silverhawks are trying to, like, get the show started. Yeah. I, I – it was only for probably about five to ten seconds. I actually think it was only about five seconds. They play this pretty intense porn music. <laughs> Did anybody else catch that? Um, I, I have it going right now. It is it is all saxophone, like. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Then it, but then it cuts. But then there's like a hard cut, and it there moves is, to something else. There is unnecessary jazz in this uh, show. Very unnecessary. Yeah. But it goes it goes with the theme of there's a lot of music influenced stuff in this show, which I back to villain design and, and even Colonel whatever his name is with his guitar gun because that's far superior to a guitar. Oh, that's uh, that's later. bluegrass, by the way. So, and, and and I guess this actually might be a good time to point this out because this will come up later on in our episode. Um, a lot of these guys seem to be southern. I, uh, I yeah. actually might say that all of them have a bit of a southern twang. What's with the cowboy hat? I hate him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, bluegrass. I mean, yeah, that, I hate that's him. one one of the only things I can remember about watching Silverhawks as a child was that uh, bluegrass is not a metal, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I hate> <laughs> it's true. That's right, because it's the Copper Kid. It's uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, I, I think. What are the twins' names? The sergeants. Uh, who cares? And the lady. Mm. Who cares? The lady. Like, well, yeah, and that gets into like their football theme and everything Zero. else too. Steel oh, yeah, heart. And, sorry, steel heart and steel will. So yeah. they're both steel. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah. There's. Um, there's unnecessary sports references to go with the unnecessary jazz. Well, just, yeah. just, just to complete like, the, the triumvirate of Matt doesn't give a shit about these. You know what? <laughs> I, I would like to hope that our audience is nerds and they can all agree that jocks in high school could suck our ass. I was a jock in high school. Were you? No. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Did you go into school in like a parody of the 1980s? No. Well, in all fairness, I think we all went to school in a parody of the 1980s. Yeah. That's uh, true. That Do you is. remember the 1980s? I think 1980s? it's different now. Okay, so so here's Mike's penalty for this episode. Oh, I'm not cutting out anything he says. Oh. Oh. And he still has to answer, <laughs> answer what is the most... Uh, can you at least what is bleep oh, out? No. Can you bleep some of... Oh, Even that time when he said he could fit the whole thing in his mouth? Right. And Mike, you need to be looking for what the most titillating piece of this episode is. Yeah. I, I, like what what tingles 
tingles your berries. Yeah, Mike. Uh, well, get, I your, know, get your titillator I'll, out. I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll I already know it. what Mike's thing is, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we all Do you mean the actually, only woman in this episode? <laughs> yeah. You know no, what? There's, there's two. two women. You yeah, know what? Fuck you that guys. is true. You're right. We have a villain woman and a, and a good guy woman. If I'm not going to get bleeped out, at least I know I can just let it all out. I thought that he was actually going to pick up on in the montage at the beginning. They go to the main Silverhawks dude junk, and it's like a huge cod piece, like right <laughs> in your fucking face. Honestly, I was afraid <laughs> like, that he was going to talk about the uh, copper kid, and I was a little uh, frightened. Yeah. So, anyways, so molecular. Takes him away, and then before before we get into the the next step where he's getting him out, um, I just I have to ask the question because we kind of brought it up: is what is the deal with the guy who has like a tornado for a belt? Like everybody else has some sort of, even though top fuel dragsters and and crotch rockets with gold wing or gold whatever delta gold wings with like. <laughs> You know, big spoilers on the back. Everybody has a vehicle they're they're using, or wings, or a jetpack, or whatever. One he, of the Silverhawks has a has a tornado for a belt. He's so the toy about, they they added into the toy line that was for the poor kids. What about the guy? With, like, like, well, a, he doesn't need one. He's got this uh, tornado belt. He doesn't need a vehicle. Just, what about the I, th- guy with the, I think the, that as they as they went along in this series, they kept on adding more and more uh, Silverhawks, and that's the reason why you uh, remember gotcha. you remember the four base ones. But then they did start to add others as the series went along. And that guy's name is um, Moonstriker. Whoa. That seems off-brand. He's supposed to be an expert, an expert marksman. That he de- as he demonstrated when he shot a pin out of Stargazer's hand when they first met in the episode Battle Cruiser. But and yet Ooh. he doesn't seem to carry a gun or any kind of weapon. No, no the only no, gun they- that we saw was the guy with the the jetpack wings. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything else was some sort of bodily mounted weapon. Yeah. Every, everybody else, French, everybody like, else shoots lasers out of their shoulders. What about the little yeah. French mustache guy with the, like the T shades, the guy with the, uh, the guy with it's the gun. Face. I want to see the cartoon based in that world. Cause he looked like he pieced his, uh, space suit together from like the shit at the gar- at the dump. Like he looked, he looked badass. Straight yeah. Fallout Four level shit. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna build yeah. a a dirty nuclear reactor on my back and fly around with it. Yeah, I want to see the I want to see the world that he's from. I think that his name might be called Flashback. The the green one. Oh, um, oh no, that's, no, the no, guy that's the green one. Yeah, who's duct taped together. That's is Flashback. Condor. Is Con- Flashback? Condor Condor was yeah. the one that that looked like he was almost sort of like a steampunk version of the Silverhawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's Condor? That's Condor, yeah. Because I was excited about this guy having LSD flashbacks while he's on his homemade rocket spaceship. Just, like, wigging out on the edge of space. Yeah. Apparently, he left the Silverhawks to go become a private investigator and then came back. Really? The Silverhawks are basically cops, right? So, like, he quit the force to go do the same thing in the private sector. Yeah, basically, basically. Smart man. All right, so then we get into we get into some kind of one-on-one combat scenarios for the mob versus the Silverhawks, and the mob just kind of tees up on things. We've got Monstar versus Cap, our Commander Stargazer. Essentially, yeah. this is the part where it looks like it's doom and gloom for our heroes. All the mob starts to to do very very well, and this is where we saw some of those weapons where I thought the villain designs were really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were- tuning 
they tuning were, fork guy. Absolutely had, uh, badass. Jackpot yeah. with his little like capture ray gun. Mm-hmm. You had buzzsaw uh, handman. Yeah. So so yep. this goes a little bit more into the detail for the animation too, because every not only was every weapon different, but every type of attack that the weapon would do came out differently. So like the laser beams, the quote unquote laser beams. Some of them look like music. Some of them look like just lasers. Some of them look like um, like a bunch of jumbled symbols from cards, kind of like put squished together. Yeah. So there was a great deal of detail, even in just the types of attacks, which Dude, I thought melodies, was really good. Melodies was a musical scale. Yep. Like yep. which was something I picked up on, which I thought was very very cool. And and each of them had like a different sound. They had a different um, different ADR. It was very cool. This is actually very. Very nicely done fight scene, I think. Yeah, it's 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 almost like this is the Brotherhood of Evil. Like they took uh, all the greatest villains from all the greatest comic lines to bring together the ultimate team of evil, even though they kind of have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, uh, it it is it's different from the kind of theme fetishism that a lot of these cartoons get into. Where uh, well, we'll make this one this you know exactly this theme that probably plays you know I I couldn't recognize as say you know especially especially talk to theme fetishism, but that's probably explaining why I'm fascinated with these villains is that there is no theme. Everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Like it's, yeah, it's very, it's very well done. I'm telling you the Silverhawks, they all have the same outfit. They all have the same face literally when they put their masks down. They're fascists. Um, well, well, even <laughs> yeah, to the point where they even, they even have the same real parts. So like, Every single one of them has. Their, Go like, on. I think their left hand, their left hand is real, or their right hand is real. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just now looking at it. I'm wrong, but they all have one real hand and one fake right. hand. So it's not even Captain Stargazer. Well, who's Commodore, racist Commander now? Commander Stargazer. Yeah, I, I guess I am. We n- always knew it. This is the point in the show where our heroes realize that their spaceship, the Mirage, was actually molecular in disguise. El hombre de los moleculos! So now we have molecular is flying very clearly outside the one light year limit. Uh, Our heroes are trapped inside. Everybody's trying to punch and fight their way out of the molecular Mirage. And uh, And this was the part that confused me because they kept trying to punch their way out. But they were all using their non-metal hand. They were all using their yes. quote-unquote real hand to try to break out. Yes. Well, it's, that's the uh, only hand that they can actually control. <laughs> so go. you're saying that they're actually like robot-controlled robots? <laughs> so they're like their lives are some sort of living hell where they can't even control what they're doing all the time? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing that still obeys commands from their own brain. <laughs> So the lieutenant calls for Tallyhawk to come, which is the bird that he has on his arm, shoulder throughout the majority of these episodes. I do remember that part from being a child. Uh, and then the remote-controlled hawk is going to come and get them out. But this is actually the part uh, right immediately thereafter, Adam, was something that you brought up. There's a there's a villain who has, like, ripsaw. It's totally a gimmick to sell a toy. But he oh, yeah. has saw blades on the back of his wrists yeah. that get engaged by pulling, like, a, like essentially a, a lawnmower starter. And I'm, I would imagine that the reason that they did that was that for the child's toy, 
you had, if you remember the... Uh, the gas-powered engine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But no, you remember, And they like, did that because uh, they bought a mold for a weed whacker. And they were like, make this, use this in your show. But no, I'm thinking, I'd have to go look. It was those, remember the ones, it would be like a yeah. long piece of plastic with a ratchet? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. you'd go and you'd spin it in. I'll bet you any amount of money that was the, the toy design for that. So that your mom would be super pissed off as you lost these little mini saw blades all over the house. Yeah, yeah, you flipped them. Oh, yeah. You like buzzed them and they all flew out. I just yeah. thought he was like an even less feasible Wolverine. They're like, claws coming out of your hands. How can we make this worse? <laughs> saws. That you have to pull rip cords. Right, like rotary start. saws. You're in space. You have lasers. Faster than light travel? No. This is how we're starting those saws. So, anyways, so that was just an interesting point. It cuts the wings off the other jet that the, uh, the Silverhawks have. And as that jet spirals out of control, we then get to essentially the, the villainous climax in the series and the fact that Tallyhawk shows up and scratches the top of the Mirage, the Molecular, and Molecular, maybe going into my theory about him being a coward in most of these episodes, is just like, I'm not sticking around for this. I'm out of here. So instead mm-hmm. of transforming into something that will trap our heroes, he just transforms back into our cell himself our heroes are in deep space, and essentially he goes, see ya, suckers, and he transforms into another rocket ship, and then poof, and off it takes he goes off. off screen. Yeah, and the, well, the Silverhawks, they're not just drifting in space. They start falling. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're they immediately start falling. falling. Yeah. yeah. And Bluegrass, Bluegrass is freaking out because he's the, he's the one Silverhawk in this group that can't fly. There's a couple that can't mm-hmm. fly, and he's one of them. And he starts freaking out saying, are you guys going to catch me or what? And at that point, I was like, why? Where, where are you falling to? Yeah, there's there's nothing underneath you. You can call. You can just fall forever. Well, based on Molecular's transformation, it, think of this as an overhead view, right? So they are they in they are still in motion from the uh, from the push from Molecular. So he um, he essentially disappears from around them. It's not that they're falling; it's they're continuing along the same trajectory because they're still using all the motion from Molecular. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So that would that would make sense if they were actually if it was drawn that way and it made any yeah. sense. But no, no, they're yeah. falling. <laughs> okay. Well, <yeah. laughs> What's pretty funny about molecular though was when when Tallyhawk scraped his back, was he being tickled or did he say "ow"? Because I yeah. thought he was being tickled by the by right, Tallyhawk by, by the feathers. Yeah, well, Ooh, well yeah. by like claws. the scratching by the claws. <laughs> So, like, at any point, any of them cotton got, could have gotten out if they just used their good hand to, like, scrape at the walls of their uh, of their uh, oh. cabin. Or if they started handling that uh, gear shift uh, a little bit more. They tried, but it moved right to the left. <laughs> a little bit it was more just gently, a little bit... but firmly. <laughs> it's a little more to the left, and it really freaked them out. Maybe shoot them with the embedded lasers in your shoulders? That would be that would work. That probably. Right? Yeah. Shoot out the glass. <laughs> so after they catch... Bluegrass. Cue to the very next scene. There is a taxi, and actually, Adam, I read your notes. There are two fishing poles on the top of the taxi. In oh, one of them. that okay. particular wow. scene. Uh, they're not there for the rest of the episode, and it is a character who we have not been introduced to. Some bug face looking kind of taxi driver. Yeah, Seymour. Seymour. I don't know if he's a recurring character. And I, his I think buddy. that he is. I think he is. Okay. I feel like at this point we dropped into a 1970s French comic strip like 
this yes. is something that fucking yeah. Mobius yeah. would have drawn. Yep. And yep. we've dropped Absolutely. in on these two like uh, blue collar uh, uh, working class guys, but they're actually anthropomorphized by aliens of some kind in space. Yeah. It reminds so, me yeah, a lot so, of anime. Actually. So it is. It is Seymour and Zeke the Beak. Right. And they are avoiding Independence Day because the space lanes are clobbered, or some quote similar to that, and they are going to go space fishing. But it turns out very shortly thereafter, our heroes seem to recognize them, which is why I assume that they were a recurring character in the show, and flag them down, rescuing them from impending doom on the edge of an asteroid. See, I feel like this sort of makes sense for like a, a, a 1980s cop show. Like in the 1980s cop show, you always know the cabbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your he's your informant, and he's he just you know he's just trying to make a buck, but he's you know a decent guy uh, down down deep. Yeah, gotcha. He just happens to know the the ins and outs of kind of the underbelly. Right. Well, he knows everybody because he you know he's he's driving out at around at four a.m. Right. So yeah, it doesn't actually show Seymour picking him up, but we find that out in uh, in a, a later scene here, and then we go back to the battle. A lot more of the. Interesting different weapons, uh, animations, and whatnot. Again, looks like the enemy is essentially winning this fight. Yeah, that's that's the important takeaway, is that the Silverhawks seem to be overwhelmed by Monstar's yes. forces at this point in time. Yeah, and Monstar's really yeah. making good use of his harpoon gun. Yeah, well, he, he whiffs on Captain Stargazer. He does, he, he hits one up. of his own guys. Yeah, and that yeah. was the first point in which we've seen the tide sort of turn. Um, very next scene, we have a space taxi showing up. Our heroes then glide into battle, uh, but you have Bluegrass in the cab with the cabbie and green bird. And the cabbie says, in a very actually fifth element type way, mm-hmm. my insurance doesn't cover battle damage. <laughs> and then the green, the green bird is like, we're going to be heroes, and then just boots the friggin' throttle yeah. full Z- forward. Zeke the Beak drives them into battle. The, yep. the fifth element was a, I mean, it was made by a French director. It was a, yeah. a you know, it was a very French fantasy kind of world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is essentially kind of like a blue collar, uh, workaday world, but they're yeah. they're crazy aliens. Yeah. So then we have the the other half of the Silverhawks then show up in the battle. Uh, the brother and sister combo throw one of the vehicles end over end, eliminating them from the fight. Melody they, actually and they, puts up a pretty good fight here. But yeah, these two does. guys, the the twins, after they throw everybody out, they then do their predator high five. And I wanted oh, to make yeah. sure that we 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 point mm. out their predator high five right there. Yes, I do appreciate that. Um, as the only female character on the team, she's she's pretty uh, buff. Like yeah, they yeah. they draw yeah. her as like pretty strong. Yeah, they definitely didn't kind of go with the waif-esque, like, figure. She's yoked. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, uh, maybe this was a little bit of social commentary on kind of the music of the time, but Melody starts as doing well against all of the other Silverhawks until Bluegrass shows up, and Bluegrass then shoots her vehicle with a guitar. I mean, he was playing Sweet Licks earlier on, and then the bird throws a fish in her keytar, 
which then causes it to explode. I don't know if that's just me reading into lines that aren't there or whatever, but I I did find that kind of interesting. Yeah, Bugs Bunny the gun. They yeah. did Bugs Bunny the gun. I think I think you are right there because I think we saw something similar in Jim, which was coming out mm-hmm. around the same time frame where the bad guys are kind of like the the punk esque mm-hmm. sort of music, and the good guys are a little bit more traditional. Um, yeah, rock and roll style music. I Plus feel the little banana and the the uh, tailpipe thing. I, I actually feel there's a bigger story, like a culture war story, to tell here. All uh, um, um, all our brave star, in that uh, particularly melody represents like the the current modern um, sensibility as it might be seen by like a fairly conservative middle America uh, cowboy esque guitar playing. Uh, audience, where the Silverhawks are supposed to be kind of like these, maybe all Southern, American. Yeah, yeah, all American, and they have, con- you know, they have conservative values, and these these punks from New York are uh, are coming and messing everything up. You, I mean, you could very well be correct on that. I, I could be. Just, I think you are right. I actually think that yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like a real life culture war that was taking place at this point in time, and uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I actually lost consciousness halfway through that statement uh, because I'm about four <laughs> beers deep. So if you're agreeing with him, it must have been brilliant. Yeah. God, so anyways, we get into... I haven't, even, I haven't even drunk half of this one beer I have. We get into a little bit more fighting. Essentially, all the ancillary villains have been eliminated, and we get the lieutenant and then Commander Stargazer 2v1 with, uh, with Monstar... At which Commander Stargazer at one point does a backflip using Monstar's head as a ramp with his space motorcycle. Nice. Uh, and and I then, do not buy this at all. I do not buy this one bit. So I'm... What? The space motorcycle backflip in the middle yeah. of the atmosphere? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I just want to know, like, like, in what universe does the physics make sense where a... Flying motorcycle can beat a flying squid. Mm. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's if you do, uh, what do they call it? A, they said it was a pinch move. Um, yeah, well, uh, motorcycles are very dangerous. Like that would have broken Monstar's neck. They really need to be yeah. careful with these motorcycles in space. Yeah, they yeah, really see, his, do. His mistake was having a convertible squid. Oh, yeah. oh, true. Okay, that's true. Yeah, uh, there I'm is a, a little bit more drag on that. It doesn't. It's yeah. not quite as aerodynamic. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, the convertible isn't the problem. You should get one of those hard top convertibles, though. Like not a co- canvas top, but so if you roll over, you still have a metal top. It's a little more work, but ultimately safer. Yeah, and always get the roll bar. So, anyways, the heroes blow up the armor on his mind flayer squid. They then. Go back to their their HQ, but the lieutenant rides on the back of Commander Stargazer's motorcycle back to the Nationalist asteroid, uh, as opposed to flying. And then there's this weird exchange where he's like, "We didn't do what we set out to do today, but we sure gave him a great air show." Dude, we got to talk. They all about- chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then Finn. We got to talk about the squid. We do have to talk about the squid. Oh, it's it's oh, yeah. burning a hole in my mouth, dude. Let's talk. Let's talk so, about the squid. But that's essentially that's the summary of the show, and then we could talk about the yeah. Well, actually, before we talk about the we, squid, we, we let's didn't talk about we didn't do the button yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, 
what the one where uh, the copper kid is learning. Yep, yep. Adam, let's let's talk about the button real quick. Uh, okay. Okay. And then we'll come back and we start hitting high points that we liked. And so my kind of take, so essentially the button. Long story short, is an educational. Yeah, it's two it's, to three minutes put into the end of the show. It's the educational part. Yeah, it's the, it's the more you know yeah. the do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. Re- I, I mean, I remember that one from GI Joe, but this one I didn't. And I thought that that was actually very interesting. And they they were teaching children what satellites were, whether it was. But I did find it funny that they put an Intel sat up, which is a communications satellite, beaming communications around the globe. Or spying on the Soviet Union. Yeah. And then the other two were the two natural asteroids around Mars and then the moon around Earth. And so yeah. I did think that was I kind of cool. I don't understand how you can fucking look at that creepy little mime child. It's, it is unnerving. <laughs> so they, they, are, they are in a, a star system called Limbo. They are on They're a planet called... They're in a universe. Called... They're in a universe called Limbo. Oh, universe. Oh, sorry. They're in a mm-hmm. universe no, called Limbo. No, it's a galaxy. Limbo. Oh, is it a galaxy? Yeah. Well, that's that's thing. even fucking worse, because universe means that there could be like a multiverse thing, but galaxy means that they're in the same galaxy as Earth, which means that they're a significant distance away from us. But they know of Earth, they know of yes. Mars, they know of the te- the uh, technical capabilities of Earth as well. So the button is basically them training this child soldier to be prepared mm. for the invasion of Earth. They are obviously intending to come back and destroy the planet. I mean, it's clear that they've weaponized these metal people. They're using them as as living missiles. Uh, And you're right. Their crosshairs are right on Phoebus and Deimos. That's right. They're going to use those to slingshot them around around Mars and throw them at Earth. Uh, Much like Stampede did. I kind of want to back up and say, like, based on our other episodes where we've talked about the regulations and how they were sort of fluctuating around this time, I think that that might be the reason they started putting these educational tags on to sort of uh, insulate them. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, There was probably like, uh, yes, you can advertise to children, but it has to be quote-unquote educational, and they they drop in that scene. Yeah, yeah, they did as much of that as they could. Uh, I I did like the fact that for this series that their educational piece was much more uh, science-based. Mm-hmm. Rather than like social and um, moral, moral based, yeah. Because like in GI Joe, a lot of those are like, oh, you know, be nice to your neighbors, don't throw rocks at windows, shit like that. Whereas uh, well, this there was the, just like there's the classic, don't get electrocuted. That's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas this or one, pork chop sandwiches. This yeah. one is teaching uh, at the very least a little bit of science based. It's more STEM based cartoon education okay jesus uh just shitting on the arts are we you wouldn't have yep. this cartoon <laughs> you wouldn't even have this cartoon without people who could draw shiny people real good you're right and for that we salute you matt oh my god he freaks me right the fuck out. His head, his head his head looks like a butt plug it looks like He's it would like- slide right up your butt <laughs> That was part of the merchandising, oh Matt. <laughs> yeah, dude. I guess I missed the boat. Not that there's anything wrong with a butt plug. I'm just saying I I live in fear of that freaky child's face poking out of my anus. Well, the other important thing is, uh, he's he, th- again, he's wearing clothes at this point in time. So going back to our uh, discussion no. about... Oh, you're right. He has oh, a shirt on. Oh, you're right. Uh, he, yep. he has... No, he has the same like kind jumpsuit. of... Jumpsuit. Yeah. Jumpsuit. Yeah. 
because they're in they're in like a simulator or something right here. Yep. So, yeah, he he's, has to get he's in that. his he's in his battleship simulator while he's he's in the observing the um, Earth and Mars. Yeah, he's in the Mirage the simulator. It, yeah, exactly. No, battleship it's a, simulator. It's a real Ender's Game type of situation here. They're clearly clearly grooming this child soldier. All his edges. They are. Yeah. Do you think that they sent a uh, a fleet of drones to Earth and inadvertently oh. the Copper Kid is actually piloting them? I think the Copper Kid is actually one of the drones they didn't send. There's like a horrible fucking mm. mannequin esque mime army out there bearing down upon the Earth. Nice. So I actually did look into this, and I know we're making a couple jokes about it, but the whole purpose <laughs> of this segment. No, the whole purpose of this segment was that you have. Uh, Bluegrass teaching the Copper Kid how to be the second pilot on Mirage. Oh. That's, the, that's what he's doing right nice, now nice. is teaching him the science that he can fly the ship. But Into the earth. But how did, exactly. how did yeah. that fucking hick, hick learn the boop-bop language? Space hick. He, he only learned how to understand it, much like Han Solo and Wookiees. Right. Chewie, yeah. But, I mean, Chewie was clearly fluent in standard. Because Han could just talk to him, but Chewie yeah. just refused to speak it. <laughs> I mean, he, he could have had different shaped vocal cords. He was unable yeah. to. Yeah. But anyways, going, going back to it, and I'm going to step away and check on the dogs real quick and then come back. What happened to the Mirage? Like, they end the episode and it's like, oh, you're back in the Mirage simulator. But, like, no one went to go get it. Just it fell off the edge of the Nationalist. Yeah, it fell down, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. drifting. It's, it's just down. Yeah, like it's it, almost Earth it, already. It got so. stuck between. It got stuck between the bed and the wall, man. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. You're reaching, trying. Yeah, to get you're it. trying to get it. It's forever. It's gone. Would you let your child watch this show? <laughs> what this podcast or this show? I'm torn uh, because I do think the animation is is really good, um, but it is it is probably the thinnest show. Well, uh, this and Captain N are kind of like the the two thinnest shows in terms of like premise and uh, uh, plot and uh, uh, entertainment value. But in all fairness, you do have to keep in mind that this was the very last episode of Silverhawks. You think they totally phoned this one in? I think so. Could be, yeah. Because because we do know from from previous episodes we've talked about, we do know that the the schedule for releasing of these shows is they make sixty five of them all at once. Right. Well, everyone knows that when you get episodes, you have to write them in sequence. First, you write one, then you write two, and by the time they get to sixty five, they were just exhausted. But Unless you're producing the show Lost. No. <laughs> then you just write whatever the fuck right. episode floats you, you, that day. You, you pull a number out of a hat, and that's the episode you're writing. 
But in all fairness, <laughs> even if they are trying to maintain a creative process where they're writing them in nonlinear order, they're still going to take the weakest ass episodes and put those at the end because they mm. don't care if they continue to have viewership at that point in time. Right. They were like, this is only going to last for one season and we're done. I find it interesting that you're evaluating these shows based on a utilitarian viewpoint and not a cla- a negative utilitarian viewpoint that most parents do. In that, like, you think that th- that uh, this will distract d- detract from my child that all of the all of the delicious good thinking that I put into her little brain will be uh, removed by c- this cartoon. Well, that well, well, that would be the normal way of um, evaluating yeah. shows. I See, mean, you're looking for something. You're looking for shows that are actually good, instead of trying to avoid shows that are bad. That's true, right? Yeah. Because uh, because honestly, uh, uh, denying people things, I don't think it works, right? So the best you can do is to teach them to have taste. That that is pretty a pretty good analysis. Because if you did tell, like I'm just imagining, once your daughter gets a little bit older, and you tell her she's not allowed to do something. Yeah, like she's not allowed to have only dance. <laughs> Mike, you're talking about Matt's child. No, Mike, I'll pay Jesus for her subscription. Yeah. She can she can watch as much as she wants. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Matt just gunned down the runner at home from deep left field right there. It just hit him right in the back of the head with the fucking baseball. Um, what was I going to say? Holy uh, shit, <laughs> I I don't know, but. Wow, Mike. Hey, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, so so I guess the question stands for Derek then, right? I I really enjoyed this one, um, and we're expecting to have a boy, so I think that this would be something that I, – I, not that it's it's gender-specific, but I think this, this would be one that I would enjoy going through and watching – watching with him and being like hey this is what i watched as a kid this is why i always recommend everyone should have a daughter (laughs) (laughs) i just thought this this was the only part of the show that was weak like really truly fucking weak was the plot the plot was like (laughs) yeah the writing the plot oh of course the plot (laughs) the the dialogue was dog shit too but i'm not expecting freaking award-winning prose out of an 80s cartoon yeah yeah i i kind of agree with you i you know like I enjoyed bits of this, but I, you know, I, it's not. It's, it's the best we've seen. Best animation, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this one and Star Blazers are on my yes list. Everything else we've watched is on no. Wow, mm. wow. Yeah. Okay, Mike. I feel like how about you? here's the thing. I would say I I feel like that is completely on the premise alone because this the mo- the show did not deliver. Yeah on that in any way the premise alone is really in, uh, engaging do you think though because I, I would actually say the premise is not engaging what's engaging is the character design it's the yes. concept for yeah. for the actual toys essentially for lack of a better word yes they're literally I, shiny yes they're, they're literally <laughs> shiny <laughs> yes they're bright yeah. and shiny objects um, I agree with you but I think that is the premise I think that like the character design and uh, the way the playsets look—that is the premise of the show. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. And they conveyed it doing non-metallic metal on animation, which is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Like they 
took their time. Like I'm going from purely, you know, just entertainment value only. I enjoyed watching this one, and if it's something that I enjoyed that I could share with my with my kid, then I think that that's a that's a thumbs up in my book. Yeah. I would love if the base play sets were literally just rocks with a tiny bit of metal embedded in it. <laughs> like actual rocks, not just like yeah. plastic yeah. molded rocks, just a boulder. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, and they, they glued a, uh, a Nazi eagle on top of it. Nice. Yeah, totally. So, so Mike, how about you? Would you let... It's pure capitalism, so... Sure. I mean, they'd be like, oh, I want, the, I want the toy. I want the toy. Wait, you want the toy the or the kids want the toy? Yeah. Uh, can it be both? I like so, the trick, though, that you are getting them hooked on toys that are no longer commercially available. Well, also that's true. You're going to have mean, to pay a premium for those collector's items. Yeah, you're yeah, going so to shell out a fortune. Uh, you're going to get them hooked on these toys. You're going to go into eBay and buy the mint condition inbox version for like $1,000 and then put it into a, a display case so they can sit around and look at the toys when they want to have playtime. Yeah, no, that's what I do with Legos. That's bullshit. So that's what you do I'm with just, Legos? Yeah. You put Legos in a display case? Oh, uh, no. And don't let your kids play with them? No, but I do buy Legos that I think that might be valuable later. I've got a two-foot-long hmm. Lego pirate ship that I've been meaning to give to you. I have, <laughs> I have, I have a um, Han Solo and Carbonite Lego that is still worth exactly what is uh, what that, you paid for it. yeah what I paid for. It. But yeah. someday, forty years from now, that that shit's gonna be fucking gold. Mike, you, you got to invest in the modular building line. Yeah, no. They they discontinued those after ten years, and the price only goes up. It the the popular ones have tripled in price. This is yeah, an ins- I, insider tip. Let's talk about that squid, huh? Yeah, the squid. Let's talk about the squid. So this this by all appearance was a mechanical squid, with some like real tentacles coming out of it that uh, Monstar rode. Yes, but, but we 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 find out at the penultimate scene when Monstar gets blowed up because that's where not sexual at all Commander Stargazer and Lieutenant Quicksilver cross their streams and create a giant massive explosion right above the squid Mm -hmm. when we see the explosion happen there's like all this particulate flying everywhere and for a split second we see the squid an actual solid intact squid fly off to the side yes and fly away with Monstar and it flies away, and monster jumps on its back, and they fly off. So, so this entire time, the squid was actually a armored squid, mm-hmm. not a mechanical squid. Yes, mm-hmm. that is true. Here's my question: Where the fuck was Monstar sitting? <laughs> the entire interior of that spaceship is squid. Yes. Where Where did Monstar insert his body? What I think, I think that the the armor was essentially a built-in chair. So he was kind of straddling the squid. He was like riding the yeah, squid like a horse, basically. Ride this the is squid. A, this is, uh, Ride the squid. This is a child's answer <laughs> for a man's problem. Um, I'd buy that. I mean, it's wearing, he's wearing squid armor. Yep. But 
my my estimation of OnStar went up after this. Like he fucking tamed a squid. It's a tame squid. It goes away with it. A, a tamed space squid. Damn. A squid that can fly through space. He tamed it. He rides it around, and apparently it loves him. Yeah, and it did. Yeah, and honestly, it did not get scared once throughout the it's entire a combat. Squid scene. love story. It it was a squid with nerves of steel because it did not ink once. Mm. Unlike the our heroes, it is one hundred percent real. I mean, it uses technology, but who doesn't? "Quote unquote real." So right. I just pulled up the episode and I fast forwarded to essentially the fight scene. His throne is elevated off the mind flayer squid's back. Yeah. Okay. Like it's built up to a seat. Thanks, guys. I, thanks for taking a, a, a somewhat funny, funny premise and just sucking all the life out of it. That was a joke <laughs> that you guys were beautifully destroyed. It was a. Uh, it was like surgery. Okay, so obviously, <laughs> let's go back. Let's rewind. So but, Monstar has his legs inside the squid. <laughs> what the fuck's up with that, Matt? I don't know. Funny butt joke. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry for ruining your thunder. No, I think the more funny, the, the no, more it's, it's funnier that you guys, guys give me rational answers for my <laughs> stupid questions. Right? No, but he he flies away from the squid and lets the squid get blown up. He's just like, "Fuck you! If you get smoked, whatever, I'm out." But then the squid's alive, and he's like, "Oh, hey, squid buddies." They so, don't even really. So what you're saying is. What you're saying is there we missed some sort of tentacle porn scene, but rather than Monstar oh, being assaulted by tentacles, he was the one assaulting the tentacles. Yes, and forced the tentacles into submission. So he is He's the dom, and the squid is the slaying that mind. Mm. Oh yeah, totes. Well, wow. we've we've made it here, gentlemen. Dirty thirty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Easy dirty thirty. Oh, I'm gonna hurt. So I think let's open it, Mike. What was the most titillating moment of this episode? Was it the giant character cod pieces? Was it these skin-tight Lycra bodysuits? Or was it the girl with the fucking B-flat note for a pair of sunglasses? Uh, I'm going to go for D. Mm-hmm. None of the above. It was the bubbly golden boy whenever he transformed. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to get off. Fucking pedophile! Just the the fucking golden bubbles into the silver suit. What the fuck was that? Yep. What was that? I mean, wait, you're talking about molecular? Yeah. He, yeah, that, that's what he's saying. He's talking about molecular, but when you think about it, molecular can be anything. No, it and was it molecular was weird. can be like twelve women. Yeah, but I would know. <laughs> awesome. He can't be like twelve separate women. He can be like twelve women who all are always holding hands. Yeah, they're all connected in some way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all their hair is fused together or something. I, that's good. He could just like put tuck that out of the way. Like just run that out uh, out of the room, and then well, uh, I don't have to see it. All right. So <laughs> let's let's also let's define titillating. Okay. Let's. <laughs> let, let, let us actually. Please. Let's start with the root word of tit. Let's, let's, let's are go you using back to... Miriam Webster or Oxford? Yes. What, what dictionary are we going to start with? Um, Miriam Webster's. Uh, I'm going to uh, go with defines... Urban Dictionary. Ur- urban Dictionary. Oh, urban. 
Urban, that is, yes, I hear that that is admissible in all the highest law courts in the land. Mm-hmm. Every law court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Adam, you're married to an attorney. You know, Go ask her. The first edition right. was entirely <laughs> written by Mr. Urban. As in Carl? The country singer? Like Carl Urban? <laughs> <laughs> no, Carl the actor. Urban yeah. Dictionary. <laughs> Judge oh. Dredd. Yeah, oh. Yeah, Judge Dredd wrote a dictionary right. in his free time. I would, yes. I would read that dictionary. <laughs> Audience, just a little peek behind the behind the scenes. We made Mike mad, and he had to go pee. <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> Let's go back to the scene with the chief and Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. there was obviously a great deal of subtext there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, because, yeah. Now, I think it was mentioned, there's, this is the only time in the episode he wears clothes. Yep. Or Quicksilver wears clothes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it feels like the only reason he's wearing clothes is so that the chief can take them off. Oh. You think that we, we like, cut out of the scene too soon? We cut out of the scene too soon. Like, the scene hadn't ended. We cut away when they started to get to the steamy bits. Oh, yeah. Did did you see how coquettish Quicksilver was acting? (laughs) (laughs) He does have David's point. He has very big eyes. He does. Did you also see how the chief grabs his hand? Yeah. It's not like like a broed out handshake. It is a handshake with the hand over top uh, of the hand. It's, like, it's almost like, is... it is almost like he's holding hands with him. I'm going back and looking at it now. That's an, oh, is, I've got a screen with, grab With right here. the sound off, he grabs, he grabs Quicksilver's hand, and then like he gently caresses the top of it, and you see a giant grin spread across Quicksilver's face. He, um, I, I'll even say that's not a handshake, because they're both using their left hands. True, but then the commander puts his right hand over. Right. Him. Well, yeah. he puts the the his emotional hand, the hand he has control over, his human hand. That's where he feels, and he uses it to gently stroke <laughs> Quicksilver's skin. And it is it is Quicksilver's human hand as well. His quote unquote real hand. Yeah. This is it's kind of uh, beautiful. Do you think like in the future this is how people fuck? Just Isn't that the whole premise in, like, yeah. uh, Demolition Man? They put on the headsets and... Yeah, yeah, right. Three seashells and all that shit? Three seashells. <laughs> I just watched that movie the other day. It's awesome. Never seen it. You never saw oh, Demolition Man? Oh, nah. my God. It's so good. That's, that's it's... definitely one you need to watch. Matt, who's your Dirty 30? Oh, jeez. My Dirty 30 for, for this episode... Um, I'll be honest with Mike that the um, the mime child is distressingly sexy, <laughs> but uh, I mean there are a lot of space buttholes in this show. There were, there yeah, were. Uh, there were an, in, a large number of space buttholes. Cause, so I'm going to go with oh, Planet yeah. Monstar. Yes. Nice, nice. So David, my yeah. dirty thirty is actually the exact same as yours. But mm. I have a little bit more cooperating ever evidence here. Mm. At the entire end of the battle, Quicksilver is flying, he's hovering. Commander Stargazer is on his motorcycle. Commander Stargazer oh, yeah. just looks at Quicksilver, points his thumb to the back of the motorcycle, mm. and Quicksilver immediately flies over, sits on the back yep. of the motorcycle behind commander stargazer and grabs his hips yeah hands on the waist 
they are incredibly familiar with each other at this point and very open about their affection towards one another. Yeah. So I double down and say most definitely Commander Stargazer is fucking Quicksilver. Do you think that Quicksilver knows he has throat cancer? No. That's the sad th- That's going to be gonna the tragic be part. Wow. <laughs> and this is what ultimately is going to lead to the destruction of Earth because Quicksilver is going to start feeding his grief and his rage into the battle plans and he's going to step it up a notch. Mm-hmm. So the, the Harlequin mime army that is bearing down on the Earth uh, will be tainted with his emotional response to the throat cancer death of Captain. It's just so 90s that this particular exactly. romance has that in a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was, so it was early for its time then, since this was 1986. Derek, dip into that Dirty 30, Derek. Uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and say that the Dirty 30 in this episode is exactly what Adam brought up. Like, you have the homoerotic scene between the commander and the lieutenant in the office, but it doesn't really go much further than that. But, I mean, the lieutenant literally has the ability to fly back to their base. And Commander Stargazer rolls up on the motorcycle and, like, kind of kicks a shitty right in front of me. He's like, get on. I'll take you home. <laughs> and he was like, you got it. <laughs> and then it just gets on and off they burn. So... That's that's a think about it. Yeah. The only other super dirty thirty moment is in that montage. There's like cod piece shots left and right. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking there might have been something between like the, the brother and sister characters. But but then when they did like the predator high five, I was like, Oh no. No They're just they're just absolute, battle buddies. Yeah, yeah. They're just like yeah, total they're combat. fucking yeah bromance. The right way there. they yeah. show affection is by deadlifting together. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's zero sexual attraction whatsoever. Um, I don't know, guys. I don't know about it. The, I mean, it's a very restrained love affair. It's chased almost. Oh, for well, yeah, it was chased. It's 1986. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's like Jane Austen level of of uh, romance, where like we're reading a lot into a handshake. Hey, we work with what we got here. I, mean, I think the more telling part is when they jump on the motorcycle, because I could totally see Quicksilver, like, resting his head on his commander's shoulders as they, like, drive off into the sunset. Mm. It's like, damn, we got this battle won. We went through all the shit. We, you know, we, we did, despite the fact that it didn't go off as planned, we did put on a really good show. You know what? Let's go home and fuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. If I came up on a yeah. motorcycle and I was like... Hop on, Adam. You'd get on. Probably not. If you pulled up on a motorcycle, I'd be like, where the fuck did you get this motorcycle? Can I'd you like, drive this get, thing? Quickly, quickly get on. They're following us. <laughs> Adam, I'd follow you. <laughs> okay, do we want to keep this uh, episode on the list up for the future? Like uh, the rest of Silverhawks on the list. The, yeah. yeah, the series. This right? was yeah. the last yeah. episode. Though. Yes. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's ruined anything for us, on, guys. Do we do we want to go back to the beginning? Do we watch from the start? <laughs> yeah, Mike. You know what? I totally Sorry. forgot to record. I haven't been recording this whole time. We got to start over. <laughs> um. This was the last episode. We can't. We can't keep going with this. 
<laughs> no. So, David, I'll cast my judgment. I I think we should keep Silverhawks. Um, I would like to see maybe some like kind of mid level on the season. Yeah, like how much it uh, it compares with kind of the juvenile way that things were presented. Like Adam seems to remember it being much more serious. I again was super young when this was on, so I don't remember like theme, but I enjoyed it. Like this one, I really, really enjoyed. I I watched it three times, and I liked it every time I watched it. I will second that in that I want to also I want to see like episode four through eight of this, like whatever their stride is. I want to see what yeah. that is because mm. um, the character design was a ton of fun, and the drawings were pretty excellent. And even though the was like, even though this was a nothing sandwich, it still tasted pretty good. I'd, I'd have to third that as well. Like, this, this is clearly a lot of heart went into the design for these different characters, and there's a lot of story behind each of these characters, and I think that us coming in and watching the very last episode is a bit weak sauce for, like, actually seeing what the show was about. Again, I love the show. It is so fucking insane and off the wall. They're flying squids, flying motorcycles like insane music weapons it's it's awesome but i still have that disappointment but despite that disappointment i i do want to see what else I, we can find out about this series yeah. because my memory obviously is tainted i shouldn't say tainted it's it's misrepresenting what this was just because i was a child at the time and i didn't know better so i mean for you these so, were serious issues Will they well, they, put on, will they put on an air show or not? <laughs> That's true. That very well could be the case. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd keep it, too. I'd hold on to it as well. All right. Mike, do Mike? you have any thoughts? On the hard note, we've, no. ta- we, we've tapped this out. This is the final episode <laughs> of the series. And anything in between is, is just jump the shark. Yeah. I, I really respect your commitment and your passion, Mike. Your judgment, however. Well, no one judges my judgment. But, well, actually, the the funny thing is um, we make Mike answer questions. We make fun of him for not actually uh, doing the summary for the shows. But surprisingly, Mike's, Mike's vote actually counts for three votes. So, Dave, you're the tiebreaker. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Wow. So... I'm just gonna say we, we we've hit the we've hit the end we've hit the wall of this episode so yeah. we've hit the wall of the series so anything in between is just fluff. We know let's, what let's, we've let's learned. Move what, on. Yeah, we've learned what satellites are. What else is there? <laughs> I do feel like we have 64 episodes worth of space knowledge to gain, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, this is well, important for our astronaut training. So, yeah, dude, it's like so. It's like a lot of school. Edgy. Like, there might be things that I don't know. There's, there's like, what if she's got a type of underwear on that I've never heard? No, there's, of? there's 64 uh, episodes. They're of They're called spanks. It, it's just yeah. It, that's what happens to you, crest forty. Really? Yeah, what, just, what was the what was the answer to question two? <laughs> Do you want my answer or not, Derek? What what was the answer to question two of the little quiz? Uh, yes. yes. No. They were it all was, yes. It was. <laughs> what was the question? Or some sort oh, yeah, of high pitched no, voice like beep. It was. Like, it was yes. some sort of fucking electronic we, we sound no. I can't make with, <laughs> with my mouth. Forty-two. 
I'm just going to punch an 80s synthesizer twice. <laughs> and fucking call it good. All right, David. Give it, Give us your rolling. Uh, I, I definitely think we should keep this. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. That's right. Excellent, I like excellent. It. I like this one I a would, lot. I would just, uh, I like that we're t- completely biased in our... Uh, in our in our voting, it's not so. It's oh, just yeah. like these are the shows we would have watched when we were children. <laughs> Fuck what Mike says. Well, did, did we ever cover that? Because we know that Derek and I watched this. Mike, did you watch this when you were a kid? No, no, I was strictly like Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Two. Like I, I was into video games. I remember Gem, um, and the something something. And I remember um, DuckTales. That's okay, it. Okay, so, so we still get to DuckTales then. Yeah. Matt, so Matt you said it. you didn't watch this, did you? I never saw an episode. It was one of the ones that I – it was sort of mythical in my childhood, uh, similar to Brave Star, in that like <laughs> I knew of the property existing through my, through my desperate toys. scrounging to know what was on TV. Well, um, yeah. Keep in mind that I Matt was not allowed it. to watch yeah. TV. Well, well, Matt still managed to sneak in some TV time at friends' houses. So. Yeah. He was like a like a rebel. Forbidden, um, ple- forbidden, so, forbidden pleasures. Uh, David, so, did you yeah. watch this when you were a kid? Yeah, I definitely remember that I did watch the show. Okay, but you don't you don't have like a really strong memory of it. Only about hating bluegrass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That, David, again, your ruling stands up. Awesome. That you was. know what you know what kind of sucks about the fact that it's Future World or whatever is my parents still have all of the toys from when we were kids really? stored at their house. Yeah, d- just a bunch. I just happened to somebody had sent a text earlier about the Lego uh, Lego Pirate. Oh, David mentioned it. I have the Black Seas Barracuda at my parents' house. Nice. That thing runs for about four hundred bucks on eBay right now. Nice. There's nice. no way in shit I'll sell it. Yeah. I'll build it with my son. Um, <laughs> I've got it's, a metal but, office. Uh, it's his college fund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but like, so everything that we've watched so far, to me, I remember Gem and the Holograms, but it hasn't been. It, I didn't watch it on the like. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have fond memories of it. But this week with Silverhawks, one of the reasons I wanted to take it. And then uh, next one, Adam, where Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah. I watched the shit out of that show oh, really? in about fourth grade. Nice. So I am I am excited to watch that and see if the game show that I remember as a kid, which was actually very, very good at teaching geography and hmm. everything else, if it still stands the test of time. I'll host Carmen Sandiego, too. So I don't that know. Was if good you... shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and by host, I, 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 we gave I you mean... that option and yo. Know. We we offered it up to you, Mike, and you you said no. Yeah. You said yeah. I'm the fun drunk guy that shows up and says stuff that's off the wall. We're <laughs> like, yeah, you could do that and host. Can't you? It's like I'm listening to a mirror. <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> You're listening to a mirror at Mike's at house. Mike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, hey, so I don't I don't know if any of you noticed, but the executive producers for this show were Rankin and Bass, and Rankin and Bass are uh, mammoths in the animation industry. And they are, prob- yes. they are probably best known for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all of the holiday specials, the Claymation holiday specials. Oh, yeah. shit. Yes. Um, I did not pick that up, but as soon as you brought those names up, I do recognize that because I am a big Christmas whore. <laughs> <laughs> and you I'm also a big whore. No, I didn't want to say too. it, Derek. 
Um, they also did The Last Unicorn. What? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. I so, don't know what that is. You, what? What? I'm also surprised Damn. in my voice. Derek. They did the, What is The Last Unicorn? Oh, Derek. It's, it's like one of the, I don't want to say original animations, but it was it was one of the like first uh, fantasy animations that came yeah. out. Do you um, want your it's time a, wasted? It is an with absolute a, classic. Yeah, a confusing animated melodrama. Then I have a, mo- a movie for you. <laughs> um, it, if you want uh, to yeah, have that sure. twice, you can also watch Wizards with that. So yeah, let's be honest. The Wait, last was Wizards that with, uh, Disney Savage? movie with the fucking titties hanging out, and nipples it was everywhere. Not a Disney Savage. movie. Was not a Disney movie. <laughs> Um, they also did The Hobbit, as well as the uh, Return yeah. of the King. Yeah, uh, I-, I watched The Hobbit back in the yes. day. Yes, yep. uh, same the animation Ho- style. So, so they did so. literally steal uh, that that design. Yeah, the uh, or reuse uh, that design. Hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the one universe theory. Here it is. Anybody want to start? I think that the uh, that the Ender's Game uh, army of mannequin drones has legs. Clearly, they were on their way to Earth before when the uh, when the asteroid from Stampede hit the planetoid. So, like they were okay. So they were going to attack Earth, Mm -hmm. and then Stampede's asteroid actually wiped them out along with the Earth. I don't know if it wiped them out, but it certainly interrupted their plans. So you don't think these are humans from Earth? Interesting. No, I think we have a Star Wars type situation where, like, these are. It's an. It, it, if you read between the lines, it's clearly like an alien race that looks, acts, and has the values of white middle class Americans. <laughs> yeah, duh. I, I I think the uh, the cowboy hat gives it away. Uh, David, do you do you have a theory going? Uh, I really think you're going to hit a lot of my points. Okay. Do you, do you just do you just want me to go? Yeah, go, go for it. Or, or Derek, or, do you want to do you want anything yeah, yeah. first? Or yeah, let me let me let me take a crack at this. Okay. So I think uh, Star Blazers is essentially the precursor to all of this bullshit, mm. and that is the essentially the humans leaving Earth on this battleship to get to you know to, to defeat whatever the end the Gamillions were, and I don't think they ever got back. I think they ended up populating whatever galaxy. Star system universe, whatever they were in, and then that began the galaxy the of spread limbo. of, yeah, just, just like essentially uh, bacterial colonies in a petri dish. Like the humans then just began to spread out, and that's why you continue to find humans in different galaxies, in different universes, and different whatever, because humans just, as the famous quote goes in the Matrix. You're not an animal species. You're a virus, or whatever the fuck the goddamn agent said. So, anyways, that's that's why I think I think this is way deep in the future after Star Blazers mm-hmm. and Star Blazers would have been maybe a hundred to two hundred years in the future out of current day. Hmm. Here's my take. All right, let's get the definitive vision. Oh, here we go. So, as we know. Starsha from Iskadar actually wound up sending the uh, holographic technology to Earth. Mm, yes. Jim got a hold of that holographic technology. Um, 
at the same time that pissed off uh, Stampede because he was in love with his guitar and he was jealous of the fact that the Earth was getting gifts. He sends a planet whipping towards the Earth in order to have it pass through the sun and the between the, moon the sun and the Earth. Yeah, the moon and the Earth. The moon and the Earth causing the Earth to be destroyed. That doesn't happen until 1994. Pre-1994, Jim winds up merging with Synergy, creating Void. So she is Jerica Energy. Jerica Synergy. How do they have lasers in 1994? Jim Energy. They've always so, had lasers. So okay, she gotcha. winds up uh, hook, creating the silver, I'm sorry, creating the Wildcats to be able to fight off the horde of enemies that were being populated on Earth by um, Stampede as a distraction so they didn't see the planetoid coming towards Earth. Jim Void winds up putting on a show in Dallas or in Houston, winds up seeing, that's when they see the uh, the uh, extinction event about to happen. She loads on to the uh, NASA ships, ship. yep. the generation ships that they had there with a bunch of Texans. They shoot off into space while they're in transit to New Texas. Um, they wind up crossbreeding humans with um, animals, creating the Muppet Babies, and that winds up leading off to a big a war on the generation ship between the animal people, the humans, with the pig people forming their own separate faction and having their own little civil war. This is when Void, or Jerica Synergy, Jerica Starlight? Jerica Starlight. Jerica Starlight. Winds, winds up going into a self-induced coma in which she has to actually weigh out the morality between the humans and the pig people, and that's when she winds up playing out the events of Captain N and the or game was master. it Game Master? Yes. Captain N and the Game Master. Um uh, by using by using the soul of Kevin N Keen. What was his name? Kevin Keen, which was trapped in the limo limbo space within Void this entire time since the early nineties. This is where we come into media res for the events of Silverhawks. Mm. She has settled this debate within her own mind and realized that she actually cannot come to terms with the mechanical side of herself and the human side of herself. So she winds up picking a faction out of the animal civil war that's taking place on this, the generation ship. And she takes all the bird people and she winds up leaving the generation ship with the bird people while they're still in transit to New Texas. That would and make a lot of sense. She starts her own population of these robot-human hybrids or robot-bird-people uh, hybrids. Mm. And that's how we get the Silverhawks. And she's doing this as a means of some type of experimentation to determine if there is a way to have a symbiotic balance between the mechanical, the analytical side, and the more human, animalistic aspects. Culminating in the mime creature. Jesus Christ. Culminating in... And and basically trying to figure out the path for herself, trying to figure out her own way to David, exist are in these universe. one universe things going to get this much more complicated? Because <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling. Oh, that it's it's only going to get it's only going to get more and more complicated. So. After a, a while, only during forfeit episodes. 
they they get to New Texas. So so just to continue this thought process, yeah. the main points, they get to New Texas. They develop their technology. They decide to go back to Earth to try to terraform it and fix it. That's when they wind up getting hit by all the Gamillion uh, psycho uh, planet killing devices. While they're on Earth, they only have a limited amount of resources, so they, des- they decide to raise this World War II battleship to create a spaceship that they can then fly out to Iskatar, and they get all the extra information from Starsha again to build the Star Drive to get to Iskatar. The events of that wind up playing out, and I think that's where we leave. Oh, no. That winds up playing out. Uh, they wind up getting back to Earth. There's going to be a t- period of time there where th- stuff happens. And then another <laughs> thousand, one thousand eight hundred years winds up passing, and that's when we get to um, the events of uh, Thundar the Barbarian, who was the descendant, the great 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 grandson of Riot. Yes, that is true. Um, see, it's I was awesome. I was kind of thinking that the um, the army of of mime drones that they sent to the Earth was thrown off. Uh, it's off course by Stampede's um, asteroid attack. Uh, and by the time they arrived, they were subjugated and co-opted by uh, Asgoth. And that became the machine men. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So who's like Asgoth? The, the, uh, the sorcerer from yeah. the okay. Citadel of Sorcery. You might recognize him from being a gas and having a bunch of eyes. Right. Okay. So did that cover all your points, David, or? Uh, a little bit. If you go to uh, 12 minutes and 6 seconds. Oh. Oh, time st- oh damn. Timestamp one year. Oh, boy. Time- Excellent. You can see that there are actually a number of different people, including, like, rhinoceros men yeah. on, the, yep. on the planet. So, yeah, I was thinking uh, the Independence Day they're celebrating is their independence from New Texas. Yes, perfect. Whoa. Yeah, it's their independence from the generation ship. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, was New Texas out of uh, Brave, the, uh, Brave Star? Brave Star. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Be- because that that uh, pig man was wearing a uh, Union uniform, if you remember. So. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. God damn, those fucking chicken people look like reverse butt plugs. Razor, Razorback. <laughs> they do. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're squid. They're squid. Dude, you are on a butt plug fucking tear tonight. No, I hope it doesn't tear. (laughs) I I guess my other big point was uh, Melodia is clearly uh, following the tradition of the misfits. Yeah, she's she's a hologram or a misfit for sure. Oh, easily. I can see that. Like she she was part of like um, she was part of the rival faction um, that was. uh, fighting this particular group of individuals on the generation ship, and mm-hmm. she just happened to get mixed up with them when they left that group of individuals behind. So what I'm picturing is like the generation ship is in flight to New Texas, and there's some sort of fighting on the ship that's taking place where all of the bird people and uh, bird Jer- Jerica um, Starlight wind up basically like getting backed into a corner and that's when Jerrica Starlight's like, you know, you know what? I'm, we're going to jettison into space. We're going to go, we're, we're near a habitable part of the, the, uh, solar system. We're flying through this galaxy that has breathable atmosphere. And obeys the, the like laws of physics as if there was gravity. 
Yeah, we're just going to jettison ourselves out of the airlock, and we're going to start fresh here. Hmm. And that's when, when she hit that button. Melody got sucked out with them on accident, and she's and she's kind of lost in space. She's actually the real hero of um, Silverhawks. So, um, I, I I had a thought though. Um, I, I was kind of thinking just the the physical similarities between what we know to be the look of the uh, Jerrica Benton synergy conglomerate, uh, in that she looks like Void. Do you think it's possible that instead of like choosing the Bird People faction, she split herself into the Silverhawks to create her own faction, and we're seeing different aspects of her personality as these human-machine hybrid Bird People? I like that. I think that'd be pretty good. Like that's her—that's the way that she resolves her right. her moral decision. Is she's just like fuck it, I can't make this work, so I'm just gonna split myself apart. In order right. to, in order to exist, I like that. I think that's good. Yeah, she fractures her herself. She fractures her psyche in an yeah. attempt to try to make herself whole. Well, I mean, obviously, I think we all understand it was all really in an effort to expunge Bluegrass. I don't want him a part of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like that's really aggressive. He's ruining her music. Like, Fuck bluegrass. <laughs> bluegrass, sorry. Bluegrass was like ruining her music. Bluegrass. <laughs> the, her, her, the music inside her. The music in her heart. It was just bluegrass fucking ruining it. Destroying it. Oh, I, mean, nice. I, I will say, though, bluegrass in the episode, and I'm curious if he does it in other episodes, plays definitely more of a rock and roll, metal-esque like he he's got that kind of vibe going on, rather than bluegrass. Hmm. I I, agree. I feel like if yeah if if you're gonna name a character bluegrass, like if I was gonna animate a cartoon or produce one or whatever, and someone's like, I got a character named bluegrass, but he's gonna carry a fucking goddamn like Eddie Van Halen axe, I'd be like, no, he's, a banjo. he's gonna carry a banjo, yeah. right? Like. And he'd be like, I'll shoot you in the boobies. You know, like. <laughs> I don't know if that's racist. Like that's how that would happen. Or if that's just, like, really classist. They're not a race, Mike. They're... Classist. It's like. It is classist. It's gross, and I hate it. You're elitist. I've always said that about Derek. And, I'm, on, and... I'm on this bandwagon, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, how, I how, can fly planes. How, how, how dare you talk about the mountain people like that? Oh, I have the beautiful body of Adonis and all my hair. <laughs> Look at me. I, can I do have planes. all my hair. I actually grew all my hair out to shoulder length and then cut it all you off. cut it off, dude? Just to oh, spite I you. you I did. I had to be in uniform. Oh. Yeah, it's completely gone. Yeah, and your facial hair. Fuck that. Uh, you look beautiful, buddy. Um, yeah, why do you actually have facial hair? So when we're doing teledrill, I don't have to be on any sort of video conferencing, and that's why I grew up my hair. <clears throat> Essentially, my last set of in-person orders were canceled in March. Yeah, you're out of regs. So I said, fuck it. I'm I'm going to go full tilt on growing my hair or whatever. Um, I just changed units, going to go fly UAVs with a, with a squadron across the river. Really? Cool. First meeting with the with the skipper and exo of that, I was like, hey, I've got shoulder-length hair, just letting you know. And they're like, just, you know, make sure you're in regs when you're in uniform. Found out that my ID was going to expire last Tuesday. Oh. 
<laughs> last Tuesday morning, seven ten in the morning, had to be in there for a fucking a fucking prick picture. Thank God, Tara used to be a barber. Oh prior to being a salesperson nice. and we have all her shit so sat down at the kitchen table and took about four inches of hair off my head Damn it. Sarah won't cut so. my hair she says she's gonna mess it up well she is I agree because because Sarah's not a trained barber whereas Tara is <laughs> oh fair enough yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. agree. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that one 100% so. So. okay alright fair enough go on Shall we do our uh, wrap-up, David? Let's do it. Okay. And yeah. I, I do have a quick question. How are we – are we are we going to try to create, like, a canon one universe? Or are we really just sticking to our each individual theories and kind of running from there? No. David. Uh, I think we, we uh, sort of reach a consensus. Yeah, I okay, think it's a communal time. exercise of, like, no, what, cha- what ideas we like. No, chaotic. Okay. okay. Chaos. So – so we so we're just kind of like okay okay, I'll I'll stick with that yeah. yeah so like ultimately it's up to like whoever tells the best story weaving in the elements yeah. that they like. Nah, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> Is Mike yeah, just he... saying catchphrases right now? <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike doesn't like communal storytelling or. Oh yeah. yeah. Or or you know when we all get together and that. imagine that we're each different characters and going or... through this scenario. Coherent like thoughts, thing. yeah, etc. No, he hates it. He likes it if the scenario is this, always the same and it is getting drunk. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> he is just saying catchphrases. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's just issuing one-line statements. Yeah. Your mama. He's trying, to make, he's trying to make this into a sitcom. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh do we need a laugh track? Although we have the... I think we would be very lucky to have a laugh track. That'd be great. <laughs> I think we do have a Can we record track. one? It's it's me cackling maniacally in the background every five minutes. Let's no, we it's, want it's the music uh, to my ears. The friends laugh track. Which is slightly All right. So it's time to wrap her up, David. For the next oh, episode. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about this. Let's it's on. Roll it up. Well, not the next episode, but it's time to roll for a future episode. Time to roll okay. for our third episode from now. Okay, I, I have kind of a new bit that I think we might want to throw in there. Uh, yeah, what's up? Is there anything that you're hoping for? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Your face. Here, here oh, is one that I'm um... hoping for, for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this would be the right time for it to pop up, but I I'd, I'd really would like to do um, Freakazoid. Mm. Nice. Because I remember loving that cartoon. When I was a kid. Nice, Derek. Do you have a Do you have a wish? Uh, fucking Dino Riders. Wow, absolutely. Ooh. Oh wow. man, I had so many of their toys. <gasps> I really, I would really like to see Captain Bucky O'Hare come up. I've never Ooh. seen it. I think it's garbage, and I just want to see that garbage. <laughs> you just want to see that garbage and get it done with. Yeah. Nice. Work it out. GoBots. Okay. Okay. <laughs> GoBots, okay. Go Mike's got GoBots. And, and did you choose GoBots because it's number 69 on the list, Mike? I chose it because I fucking want to. Okay. <laughs> so, if you're on the list, why don't you go ahead and tell me what number 25 is? All right. All right. Rolling low. Uh, cops. 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 Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited about this. 
God. Oh, this was like a claymation re- thing, or no? No, no. I remember this. Yeah, it's like a future world. I don't think I ever watched it. Cops. Yeah, it's like a it's like oh, a dude, near all future the... cops yeah. show, and the animation. Yeah, and weren't they all yoked as yeah, fuck? They're all like yeah, super yeah, thick, super chubbies. Fat. Yeah, um, and uh, the animation looks spectacular. Actually, I think I remember yeah. the animation on this show being really good. Um, but I also kind of remember. I only saw a couple episodes, and I kind of remember it being garbage. And it's right oh, in yeah. our nineteen eighty late eighties eighty eight to eighty nine death zone. It's like yeah. right in the dark oh, age. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's like in between. It's right at that point where it's kind of in between um, uh, political environments. Is like leading up to more of the liberal politics, getting at the tail end of the Republican politics of the eighties. Mm. Yeah. So this is when regulation was starting to be talked about being brought back in for these. Fuck all drugs. You think so. that you think that the cops are going to go arrest a like a saxophone playing, uh, a pot smoking sleazy politician? I, ah. I I would not be surprised if that was if that didn't pop up in here in some fashion. Maybe not a politician, but like some sort of like jazz artist that right, yeah. is is trying to sell dope to all the kids on the playground. You know, <laughs> I I could really, I could see that pretty easily. Wants to walk you home from the library. Yeah. So, so which episode are we doing, candy. David? Number fifty-two. All right, fifty-two. Number uh, fifty-two. Because uh, there are sixty-five late. episodes. Yeah. Another late episode. Yeah. Another relentless cash grab. David, who who is going to be hosting the next episode? Well, uh, Derek's the favorite to be hosting this. Come yes, on. Derek. Yeah, Derek. Woo! Yeah. But the dice hate him. The Hold dice on. hate Derek. Oh no! <laughs> what, what oh, the, man. the The hell it's, the dice hate Derek? You? It's come up, Adam. All right. Really? Hey, Which I'm gonna do the cops episode. All right. Hey. Cops season one episode fifty two. Yep. The case yep. of the ready room mutiny. All right. Yep. All right. <laughs> oh, this this looks really good, actually. <laughs> The animation is like the animation is very nice. What are we gonna do the anime episode? Well, we're not gonna do anime on this um, in this structure. Oh, uh, oh, like, but sure. I, I am I am more than happy to try to flush out a animated an anime series uh, like we had talked about earlier in the week. If we wanted to do like a watch along anime, we're, we're, we're still on the find a better name phase. Can we just watch anime together? Just in, uh, in I wish we could, but there's just microcosm. There's like, just so many forces tearing us apart, Mike. It's not. I that think we're devolving. Bad. Yeah, we, we, we all want something. I wanted this to be an NPR podcast. Too. Ah, but, uh, yep. You weren't you weren't overruled so much as I couldn't maintain the voice. Yeah, David. Maybe next time we can try to force Matt to take jazz gummies before we actually do this show. For um. Maybe that will mellow him For out. the all-night cartoon hour, I'm Matt signing off. And this is Derek. I'll see you next week. And this is Mike. And I don't have anything else to say. And for all amazingly terrible, I would just like to say that we hope that you have a good night and safe dreams. And we'll see you next time. Amazingly Terrible is made possible by Grant from listeners like you.
This show was produced by David Marks. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazingly terrible.